When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are New York. Bernie and Sid in the morning. Hot Radio 77. WBC. Hump Day Wednesday morning, Elton John and Dua Lipa at 6.06 here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. We are Bernie and Sid in the morning, the self-proclaimed best talk show anywhere in the country. Yes, Greg Kelly, I am famous. I heard Greg yesterday having some fun with my podcast here at WABC. We'll get to that later. Boy, we got a heck of a show today, don't we, Justin and Luke and the whole crew? Four great guests today, including... At 8.40 this morning, this is a young lady, I guess, that has been live in studio with Frank Morano before Other Side of Midnight. I've never met her. In fact, I know very little about her. But it turns out she's a spy, a Russian spy, turned model fashion guru. She's here this week for New York City for the Fashion Week. Uh, From what I saw, at least on the Internet, a very attractive young lady. And she'll be live in studio today, and the timing could not be better, again, with Fashion Week here in New York right now. And, of course, the Ukraine-Russia situation. Eliza Rose, uh, Rosa, excuse me. Aliyah, how do you say this lady's name? I think it's, uh, I'm, no, Aliyah I'm Rosa. I'm taking a guess. I think it's Aliyah. Aliyah Rosa, I think yeah. is her name. So. Like, you're, like you're doing an Aliyah. You see what I'm doing? Yeah. Oh, like if you go to the Torah. Right. You know, I had John Katz and Matidis doing a Leah at uh, Gabe's Bar Mitzvah. Did you know that? I did know that. This is probably the sixth or seventh time. Shut up. Anyway, she, uh, she'll be live in studio coming up at uh, 8.40, and that's very exciting. Then, of course, you've got the regular Wednesday crew highlighted by Congressman Peter King coming up at 7.40. He's always great. 9.10, this guy's been on my shows over the years between Miami and New York about a thousand times. He is great. His name is D. Snyder. You remember the band uh, Twisted Sister? He is not just a rock and roll star. This guy's an actor. He's done movies with Jennifer Lopez and Ben D'Onofrio. This guy's, um, he's done all kinds of cool stuff. And I guess this year is the anniversary of that huge fire that killed about 100 concert goers in Rhode Island. I think it was back in 2003. They're doing a big documentary on the whole thing, and Dee Snyder is one of the stars on this documentary. 
And he will come on and join us, too. He's also a talk show host, you know. He had a very highly rated show, I think, in Connecticut. And he used to boast that mornings in Connecticut, he would kick Howard Stern's ass. He would always boast that on my show. It's like, I'm beating Howard Stern, you know. He um, it reminds me of that other rock and roll guy that comes out, me and Bernie, all the time. He's also a, um, a huge conservative, loves Donald Trump. The listeners love him when he comes on. What the hell's his name again? Old rock and roll guy. Who's in studio? I don't, I don't think we've had him on since I've at least been with you. Maybe guys. not since you've been on, but certainly a bunch with Matt Meany. Very famous old rock and roll guy. Has a couple of really famous songs. Is he more famous than you? No, no one's more famous than me. Nobody except everybody. Find out this guy's name is. Oh, Ted Nugent. Ted Nugent. You know, I literally Googled it, and it came right up as you said it. Yeah, D. Schneider reminds me a lot of Ted Nugent. So when we bring Ted on, me and Bernie, you guys go nuts. You practically orgasm. You'll get the same from D. Schneider today. And then at uh, 6.45, more I love this guy, Ron Insana, CNBC. He's not Larry Kudlow. Kudlow comes from the right side of things. Ronnie, closer to the left, CNBC, obviously, but a very smart guy. And we'll discuss everything from inflation to the supply chain shortage to how a possible war between Ukraine and Russia could actually impact the world's economy. So you get Ron Insana, Peter King, Alia Rosa, and Dee Snyder all on the show today. That's going to be a great, great show. So I leave here yesterday, and I'm still basking in the glory of my uh, magazine cover. Oh, my God, there he goes again. Sid's talking about himself again. Yeah, that's, a, that's what radio people do, folks. There's just so many times you can mention the same political story time and time again. So, yes. I, uh, I'm still basking in the glory of the cover of FLG Magazine, that beautiful six-page spread, which once again is on my Insta story this morning, along with the preview of today's show. Justin Ellick is in it. Luke Legrano is in it. You can check it out every morning at Rosenberg.Sydney, at Rosenberg.Sydney. They should also put it on the, uh, the actual show website, Instagram, at It's Bernie and Sid, at It's Bernie and Sid, and the station has a great Instagram account, at 77 WABC Radio. So I've got the FLG Magazine cover up right now, and I've got today's uh, preview for the show. But I left the show yesterday, and I'm in the uh, the cab on the way home with Kenny, because now i got two cab drivers. i got my you got limo. Kenny and Gene? Yes. Kenny's for the ride home. Correct. Ah. Gene is my, my main guy, though. I love Gene like a father. And he has been showing up now for the better part of 14 months. Every morning at 4.30 a.m., he's downstairs waiting. Except for that one day. One day. That's right. (laughs) Very good memory, Justin. Kenny started showing up about a week ago. So I got these 8x10s that I signed for people, the Iron Man magazine cover. He puts the 8x10 in the window downstairs. As if to say to people, Sid is in my car. He's coming to my car. And he takes me home every day. That's, that's, that's the deal I've got. So I'm in the cab with Kenny on the way home. And anytime my name is mentioned anywhere in the media, I get a Google alert. Usually it's something horrible or usually somebody is like doing a, some type of search. Search Sid Rosenberg, search Sid Rosenberg wife, Sid Rosenberg money, blah, blah, blah. So um, I'm in the cab and the search comes up. And it turns out that my book, which I've talked about quite a bit, Bernie McGurk wrote the forward, and boy, did Bernie do an amazing job. <clears throat> the forward that Bernie wrote is so good. It is, uh, it's funny. It's emotional. It's smart. 
And it really details a love story, a friendship that is now 23 years old between me and Bernard. He did a fantastic job. He, um, he's actually still in Sloan Kettering. He sent me a picture last night uh, laying in bed, his thumb up, wearing the 77 WABC knit hat. And he said, uh, I'm still fighting. I love you. Give my best to Danielle and the kids. Love the Rosenbergs. Talk to you soon. So I did get a picture and a nice text from Bernard last night. But um, so this email comes up, like I said, and, you know, as I said, Bernie wrote the forward for my book, Citizens United, which is my second book. My first book, You're Wrong and You're Ugly, which you can still buy for the slice of pizza, for the price of a slice of pizza. You can get it for like two bucks. Uh, That was my first book written back in 2010. And Paul Schwartz, who covers the New York football giants on a daily basis for the New York Post, he wrote the book. This one, 12 years later, Johnny Russo. Johnny uh, wrote Anthony Cumia's book, you know, Opie and Anthony, Anthony's book. He wrote um, Ronnie Jackson's books. He's a really good writer. I mean, a really, really good writer. And he wrote this book. And uh, it's a great book. I mean, it's my opinions on everything from Donald Trump to reality TV to that creep Joe Biden to Tom Brady. It's all in this book, Long Relationship with Me and My Father, when he passed away two summers ago, how that's transpired, what my dad taught me to be a good dad for Gabriel. All that's in this book. It's a great book. It was supposed to be out Father's Day, but because of the supply chain shortage, it's coming out in September. But you can buy it now. That was the email I got yesterday in the cab that as of yesterday morning, about 11 a.m., you can pre-order Citizens United on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and Simon & Schuster. And it was a uh, celebratory ride home, Luke. Very, very exciting. The book is live. You're in the book, by the way. I'm in the book? You're in the book. Wow. I actually mentioned the whole cast. How about that? I get more words than Justin, though, right? According to my, uh, no, you have the same exact words. Beautiful. One mention of your name, and that's it. I'll take it. Johnny Russo has already texted me this morning. He says, hey, pal, only one day on the market, and the book is already number one in the general broadcast section of Amazon. I know that people were sending me messages yesterday. They were buying the book. Tons of people. So, again, it won't be out until probably September. Uh, I'm looking forward to reading all the blurbs. Bill O'Reilly wrote a beautiful blurb. By the way, I am going to the Nick game tonight with Bill O'Reilly. Bill invited me to the game. We're having dinner at Madison Square Garden. Going to watch the game together. He wrote a really beautiful blurb. So did Peter King. So did Chance Palminteri. So did Miranda Devine. I'm waiting on John Katsimatidis. But uh, you can buy Citizens United right now. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and Simon and & Schuster. Well, how about that, Alec? You know, it's really it's remarkable stuff to see how far you've come. You know, your, your old book you can get, like you said, for the price of a slice of pizza. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I, I'm, I will venture to say that a couple of years from now, I don't think this book will be that cheap this time around. No, it won't. Uh, this book is uh, selling for $28. Uh, the first book I wrote never made it out of a paperback edition. This one is a beautiful hardcover book. It's got a picture section. Yeah, they did a really good job. Post Hill Press, Anthony Zaccardi, Ian Kleinert, and the whole crew. Simon & Schuster. Very exciting. You know, I had a deal with Simon & Schuster many, many years ago to write a, a biography. Uh, but the problem is, it's a true story. It was a six-figure advance. It was a big deal. And then, oh, this little thing happened called Imus and Rutgers. Ish. And Imus got fired, and Simon & Schuster literally 
took back the contract. That's why I did that crappy deal with Triumph Books back in 2010. But now we're back with Simon & Schuster, which goes to show you the power of Morning Drive on Talk Radio 77 WABC that they invested in me to do this book this time around, knowing full well that we've got this machine. And as we saw yesterday, this Bernie and Sid army that is in full force all over the country, and they couldn't wait to get back into bed with me. Um, boy, I love saying that, don't you? You like that, Justin? I love that. It yeah, really, it sounds um, cool, right? It, it arouses me, yes. if you will. Oh, that's gross. We really have the best fans in the world, and quite frankly, Sid, I think just by saying that you're uh, you're mentioning me in the book, no wonder it's number one. You think that's why? I think that's why. Yeah, you're probably right. Uh, the fans yesterday were great. The whole Errol Lewis battle, that uh, scumbag who's on New York One, racist, idiot, who feels the compelled every single time we have a disagreement about really important stuff. Oh, I don't know, criminal bail reform, crime in the city, Eric Adams, really important stuff. Anytime we have a disagreement, uh, Errol Lewis doesn't argue the facts. I took him to task for having Andrea Stewart Cousins on his crappy New York One show two nights ago and not once, not once stopping her when she said, and I quote, bail reform is not an issue. It's not the catalyst. And instead of him coming back at me, he went to Yale, you know. He also went to Harvard. He's got some pretty good schools on that resume. And instead of having a discussion with me, he mentions Serena Williams. Well, the fact I got arrested for a DUI 20 years ago in Miami. Well, no wonder he's terrible at his job. He spends his days on Twitter fighting with, uh, with me. the likes of Sid Rosenberg. Well, I got to step up. Uh, I should say my uh, I got to give uh, credit to our listeners who stepped up in a big way yesterday. And I asked them, I compelled them, please find Errol Lewis at Errol Lewis on Twitter and go at this guy and in huge numbers. And it didn't stop all day, all day long in huge numbers. The Bernie and Sid Army kicked his ass all over New York City all day yesterday. Go ahead, Frankie Diaz with I, an E. I just think that also, you know, the, uh, the, the, the comment that he made in, in response to your original tweet was pointless because it, you, you're, you're, you're going after – because you made a comment about the fact that, you know, the, this politician is not being a good politician and he decided to – Attack you, me personally. A, a pers- yeah, yeah, gave right. you a personal attack, and I, I, yeah. I don't think that was right. I no, it's, that was, it's a douchebag move. There's well, no you, reason for that. You, you did call Errol Lewis an idiot. I that did. Was funny. No, that so was I funny. did. I, I, call, I called in the initial tweet. You're right. I started it. I called Errol Lewis an idiot, and I called Andrea Stewart Cousins a moron. I did start it. I used the words idiot and moron. Uh, I don't think that's horrible. What he did was a just uh, just an attack. An onslaught. He felt the wrath of Danielle Rosenberg, too, because she went on Twitter. I'm sure. She went at him. Yeah. And uh, he can go to Yale, Harvard, Princeton, Stanford. I don't care where he goes. He is never, ever, ever going to win an argument with my beautiful wife, Danielle. Well, never. It was, it was stupid of him to come. I mean, you know, first of all. Him in the morning doesn't have the army that you, that you have, no. that you and Bernie have, obviously. Obviously. So, you know, he was he was attacking you full well knowing yeah. that he would get an onslaught of, uh, you know, a pushback. No, I don't think he knew that. I don't think he you knew don't that. Think so? No, but I will tell you this. I had no intention today. we got four great guests. we got all this stuff to discuss. I had no intention today of continuing this. But um, now that we brought it up, it got me so excited Let's let's keep doing it. So if you want to go on Twitter and beat up Errol Lewis, go ahead. Make it make make a second day of it. Why not? The buck don't he stop. He deserves it. The buck don't stop. That's right. So go on the internet, go on Twitter, bash Errol Lewis. 
Go on the Internet, go to Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or Simon & Schuster, and pre-order my great book, Citizens United, or buy the FLG magazine. And then while you're there, check out the Instagram pages for Bernie and Sid and the radio station, because yesterday, my whole crew, our whole crew, Justin, Mike Garcia, Luke Lograno, Gabby Lopez, Stephanie Bongiorno, uh, Matt Meany, if I'm missing anybody, Eric uh, in, uh, in production as well, all you guys did the runway walk for New York City Fashion Week, and I have to tell you, it was adorable. So cute. Cute? Yeah, it was cute. Oh, that wasn't really what I was going for. What were you going for? I was going for more... Sexy? Yeah, gusto. No, I didn't, no you were cute. At, at, the, at best, you were cute. I didn't look like a rancher in Yellowstone? You looked like a... Uh, like a uh, well, how do I say this? Like a homosexual. Ah, yeah. okay. I like a village people. Right. Yeah, one of those guys. I, like, didn't, I didn't look like, like I could be in like in like a like, like a, a circa two thousand Imus. Like I like I couldn't be in Magic Mike. No. Oh no. But nice try. It's oh, a good try. That's fine. So we got four great guests. One eight hundred eight four eight WABC. One eight hundred eight four eight ninety two twenty two. Going to be a magnificent hump day, Bernie and Sid in the morning show. Even without my main man Bernard, he'll be back on Monday. Keep it right here. The Wednesday edition of Bernie and Sid. You too, I think back in 1985, 627 on your Wednesday morning. Four great guests today, Ron and Sana, CNBC. will join us in about 15 minutes. We'll talk to the great Congressman Peter King coming up at 740. Aliyah Rosa, former Russian spy, now model, fashion designer. What a story she's got. She'll be in studio at 840. And then famous rock and roll star, actor, talk show host, kind of like me in that respect. There's a lot of good stuff. Dee Snyder. Twisted Sister, coming up at 10 after 9. 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. As always, that is the number. Again, Gabby Lopez doing a great job. You know, you can watch this radio show, folks, on TV every morning. It's like you would watch Imus on MSNBC or Fox Business or Mike and the Mad Dog on the Yes Network. You can watch me and Bernie every morning. We are streamed live. Gabby does a great job. WABCradio.tv. WABCradio.tv. I also compel all of you to download the 77 WABC app. Listen to Bernie and Sid. Every city, every state, every country across the world. Download the 77 WABC app and take Bernie and Sid with you everywhere. Also, if you want to buy some very cool Bernie and Sid merchandise, we got great shirts and hats and even citizen stuff, just go to WABCRadioStore.com. That's WABCRadioStore.com. And buy your Bernie and Sid stuff. I did wear the ABC T-shirt, Bernie and Sid, to the gym yesterday. 
That right, it uh, makes you look huge, no? It does. And it's got the uh, like the UCLA colors, the light blue and the yellow. It's actually a very cool-looking shirt. So. And I went to the doctor's office, and he told me I was 15 pounds overweight, so that's where I'm at. He lied. Oh, it's you, more? You're like 25 pounds overweight, yes. <laughs> yes. Um, Biden and Russia, that is still, I guess, the biggest news story, right? Is uh, Russia going to invade Ukraine, and Joe Biden continues to talk tough every day. I don't think he intimidates Vladimir Putin I don't think Vladimir Putin cares. I think Putin's already made up his mind one way or the other, whether he's going into Ukraine or not. And nothing Joe Biden says, good, bad or indifferent, is going to change Putin's mind. That's my take on it. But he continues on a daily basis, Joe Biden, to act like the tough guy. Whereas Donald Trump was a tough guy. Joe Biden is a fool. But we've got four cuts here. Of Joe Biden once again laying down the gauntlet. Vlad Putin, you're not going to do this. Not without us getting really angry. Here's Joe Biden, 14. World War II was a war of necessity. But if Russia attacks Ukraine, it would be a war of choice. Or a war without cause or reason. I say these things not to provoke, but to speak the truth. Because the truth matters. Accountability matters. Losses could be huge if, in fact, Russia decides to invade the Ukraine. Here's Joe Biden, 15. If Russia does invade in the days and weeks ahead, the human cost for Ukraine will be immense. (laughs) And the strategic cost for Russia will also be immense. That's right. Russia's going to be in big trouble if they do this. Right, Joe Biden? Biden, 16. If Russia proceeds, we will rally the world to oppose its aggression. The United States and our allies and partners around the world are ready to impose powerful sanctions. And he goes on to talk about all of us, all of NATO, Joe Biden, 17. And make no mistake, the United States will defend every inch of NATO territory with the full force of American power. An attack against one NATO country is an attack against all of us. And the United States' commitment to Article 5 is sacrosanct. And if, in fact, Russia does invade the Ukraine, Joe Biden seems to think we're going to feel it right here, Biden 18. To be clear, if Russia decides to invade, that would also have consequences here at home. But the American people understand that defending democracy and liberty is never without cost. So there you have it, Joe Biden once again talking tough and talking about the repercussions if, in fact, the Russians do invade the Ukraine. We did find out yesterday that the Russians did withdraw some of the troops. I'm not sure if that's because they've gotten up there now to kick their ass or they wanted to at least uh, fade the world and tell everybody, hey, look, we're not going to do this. I'm not sure why they did that. But uh, at any rate, we still we still seem to think here that uh, it may be inevitable, not if, when. And uh, so we keep our eyes open, taking a good look at what happens here between Russia and Ukraine. Uh, I was going to say Jack Trudeau. Our buddy Trudeau in Canada He's still talking, that trucker convoy. And how about Eric Adams? Boy, I felt like Eric Adams yesterday was talking directly to me and Greg Kelly. I really do. What do Greg Kelly and Sid Rosenberg have in common? Two white guys. What do Sid Rosenberg and Greg Kelly have in common? Two white guys on radio. What else? Sid Rosenberg and Greg Kelly opine on Eric Adams every day. Eric Adams yesterday voiced his displeasure. You ready for this? You're not going to believe this. With white people. 
like me and Greg Kelly voicing our displeasure and the narrative on Eric Adams, he ain't happy about it. Yes, he's done it again. The cracker remark a couple of weeks ago, now he intimated yesterday that white guys like Sid Rosenberg and Greg Kelly need to shut up or at least be accurate when they tell the story of Eric Adams. I'm telling you, folks, he pulled the wool over most of your eyes. I've been begging you and Bernie and Bernie and Bo Deedle and others for months. Don't believe it. Don't believe it. This the guy audacity. is so full of it. The audacity out of you to be a white man. The audacity out of me. I mean, how dare you? And a pine on Eric Adams. It's, it, it, I mean, get a hold of yourself, man. <laughs> it's unbelievable. All right, we'll get to all those great stories. Ron and Santa, CNBC, is coming up next. We'll talk inflation, supply chain shortage. And by the way, if Russia does decide to invade the Ukraine, what would that mean for the U.S. and the world economy? Ron and Santa has all those answers. Traffic and sports are coming up next. But right now, it's time for the 77 WABC clip of the day, and now I feel like Chris Libertini is helping with me. Now I feel like this is this has become a big joke, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, would that be so bad? It's funny, no? No. Oh, I told you yesterday. Enough with the Bo Snurdly stuff. I know you did tell me that. Every day is Bo Snurdly. Don't know. don't get me wrong. The guy's great, fantastic. Watch Limbaugh four o'clock Saturday morning. Blah blah blah. Yeah. Everything he says, by the way, I find predictable, but that's fine. Right. You got 19 hosts at this station. Every day I do Bo Snurdly, and once again this morning, it's goddamn Bo Snurdly. Yeah. And I did say I would, I would talk to Chris about it. I totally forgot. Oh. oh. Yeah. I'll, I'll do that today. What if you forget again like you did I, yesterday? I'm not going to forget. If you do, it'll be Bo Snurdly again tomorrow. And then you're going to punch me across the face. Can you just play John Katz and Matidis? He's got the best guest in the world. All right. So we'll do, next week we'll do five John Katz and Matidis. You said the same the thing yesterday. I know. And then I, and then I totally let you down. <sighs> ay, ay, ay. Listen to Science is Golden with James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, taking you beyond the cosmos. Is that his uh, podcast? Yeah. So we're going to start uh, promoting podcasts now on the clip of the day. Fantastic. In yeah. this episode, Bo Snurdly talks dark matter, observatories, and more with Dr. Michael Guillen. Will the James Webb Telescope give us any better idea of what dark matter could be? Because it's seeing things in infrared. If the dark matter is throwing off heat, would it be able to see it? About 90% of a galaxy's mass is mass that is completely invisible to us. Well, now, years later, that is what we call dark matter. So what we used to call back when I was a grad student, the missing mass problem or the, or the invisible mass, now we're calling dark matter. We have no clue, no clue, my brother, what it is. Wow. We have no clue. This is Sid on Sports. Oh, my goodness. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers on 77 WABC. Let's go to the rink. All three local hockey teams in action last night. Let's go to Madison Square Garden. Our good buddy Pete Morgan was there. He invited me. I couldn't make it. But the Rangers taking on the Boston Bruins. This one went to a shootout. And Keandre Miller came up big for the hockey blue shirts. In round nine of the shootout. Miller moves it on Swayman and scores! Rangers win! 
Sam Rosen on the call. The Rangers beat the Bruins in a shootout 2-1. to Big win for the Rangers. Now find themselves just four points behind Tampa Bay for the top spot inside the Eastern Conference. Rangers and Detroit tomorrow night at Madison Square Garden. Islanders, not a good night. They get blown out again, this time 6-3. to by the Buffalo Sabres and the Devils, they lose by the same score, 6-3 to to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Back to the hard court tonight, Madison Square Garden, the Knickerbockers really struggling. Uh, we are going to host, who do we have tonight, uh, the Knicks? Here? The Nets, baby. The Nets. I'm going to the game. Hey, now. Me and Bill O'Reilly. Whoa. If you're going to Madison Square Garden to the Nick Net game tonight, look for me and Bill O'Reilly. We'll be sitting courtside. Tip-off is 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Sports brought to you by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Check them out today and every day at PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com. They do build America's best boilers with sports. I'm Sid. your Wednesday morning. This uh, picture that Bernard sent me last night, he looks so cute. He's in his hospital bed, of course. He's wearing that uh, beautiful 77 WABC knit hat, which you can purchase right now at WABCRadioStore.com. He's uh, sending me a thumbs up. My wife, Danielle, sent him a beautiful message yesterday, and he was replying to that. He'll be out uh, today and tomorrow. He'll be back on Monday as he completes round two of five rounds of chemotherapy. And uh, if it's possible, because we've been so close, Bernie and I, for the better part of 23 years. And he talked in my first book, written in 2010, about doing a radio show together. And that came to fruition six years after that. And six years later, this show is doing extraordinarily well. We've actually gotten closer during this difficult time, the last couple of months. And he loves all of you. He loves all the messages. He loves all the love and concern. He really does. And uh, he wanted me to tell you folks this morning, thank you. And again, he'll be back on Monday morning. Four great guests today, four of them. But we start with a guy that's been a dear friend of mine and my family for a very long time. He is great on television, CNBC, one of the real smart economists we've got in the country for a very, very long time. And um, he was, uh, and I'm his fave too, back on the days of MSNBC here he is, Bernie and Sid Faye from CNBC. Ron and Santa. Good morning, Ronnie. How are you, pal? 
I'm doing fine. So then please send my best to Bernie. I will. Uh, I will. We have a, a good long history together. Yes, you do. He loves you very, very much. I told him that a couple of weeks ago as well from you, and he said thank you. So I will send uh, send those along. Well, good morning. I want to play for you, Ron, this little um, interaction, if you will, between the president of the United States, Joe Biden, and Lester Holt from NBC. I was shocked, but Lester actually kind of called the president to the carpet for the inflation issue. And, of course, Joe Biden had no answers. If you missed it, here was the exchange. I think it was back in July you said inflation was going to be temporary. I think a lot of Americans are wondering what your definition of temporary is. Well, you're being a wise guy with me a little bit. Uh, and I understand that's your job. But look, uh, at the time, what happened was the uh, let's look at the reason for the inflation. The reason for the inflation is the supply chains were cut off, meaning that the products, for example, automobiles, the lack of computer chips to be able to build those automobiles so they could function, they need those computer chips. They were not available. So what happens? The number of cars were reduced, the new cars reduced. It made up with one point one third the cost of inflation because the price of automobiles were up. So what I did when I went out and made sure we started to make those domestically, we got Intel to come in and provide $20 billion to build a new facility. A number of organizations are doing the same kinds of things so if you weren't confused before now you're really confused point being he wasn't being a wise guy ron he was asking a question that we all want to know what the hell is the real deal with inflation i think you've got the answer yeah well i I would i would say the president is right in the sense that we have had a a protracted period because of the pandemic of disruptions in supplies of things everything from really computer chips to potato chips i mean you you see this in grocery stores you see it uh as he, he was right that the used car Price increases accounted at one point for one third of the increase in, in monthly inflation. And if you look year over year, used car prices are up 40 percent. New car prices are up 11 percent. Um, so a lot of this does have to do with the the disruption that took place during the pandemic where supply was constrained. And then when, when the economy began to come back online with all the government supports that were, were doled out, people had a lot of money to spend. And so they were chasing limited goods with a lot of available dollars, and that results in inflation. I still think it will prove to be temporary, not temporary in the sense that it lasts three months, six months, even a year. These problems, and and it's kind of like a post-war environment, sometimes take one or two years to work themselves when, when you shut down the entire global economy for a period of time. It's just hard to crank it back up to full speed. You know, talking about the supply chain shortage, even I'm feeling it now. Yeah. <laughs> With my book, Citizens United, which you're in, by the way, Ronnie, it's supposed to come out around Father's God. Day. Yeah, but these it's publishers. Not like page six or anything, is it? <laughs> no. But these okay. publishers, they can't get the paper. So now the book, right. instead of coming out Father's Day, it'll be out closer to uh, September 20th, the end of September. So even I'm feeling it, but the supply chain shortage, Pete Buttigieg hasn't really had a good answer yet for that either. Uh, tell us, what is the latest with that, and how can we fix it? Well, I mean, one, we do have to onshore a lot more manufacturing capacity, and we have and we have countries that still, like China, will occasionally lock down portions of their economy because they have a zero-COVID policy, and that disrupts the production of goods that typically make it to other shores. Uh, the Federal Reserve is going to raise interest rates to cool the economy and, and push demand back down so that inflation stops going up. We've gotten some really bad numbers over the past couple of months. And 
you know, I, I'm not sure that that immediately solves the problem. It will slow the economy. It will bring prices back down to a certain extent. But raising interest rates will not alleviate shortages on, on its own. I mean, when you think of, again, whether it's automobiles or whether it's, you know, the labor market disruptions that we're seeing that have resulted in wage inflation, we're still short 100,000 truckers in the United States. So shipping has been difficult. Shipping costs are up. Uh, and, and we see this in small businesses and large businesses. So I, in my view, the the solution is time and, and normalizing production. Uh, in other people's view, they think that we have too much money floating around, the economy's too strong, maybe overheating, and that the Fed needs it to cool it down. So I'm not in that camp. I, the Fed should normalize interest rates anyway because the economy's fine, relatively speaking. But I, I, the the real answer to all this is making more stuff so that prices come down to their natural levels. Talking about the Fed raising interest rates, Danielle and I have lived in the city now for the better part of five years, uh, downtown first by Hanover Square, by Wall Street, now the Upper West Side, we've had enough. You win, all right, you won. <laughs> <laughs> you want me out? You got me out. Eric Adams, Bill de Blasio, congratulations. We've been house hunting now for quite some time. And um, she's been nervous. Did you Danielle. call my wife? She's a real estate agent. No, you because. moving into New Jersey. No. And, and, you know, you get more, a lot more space for your money out here. Hey, listen, I loved living in Tenafly. You and I were very close back then. I would move to it Jersey worked. tomorrow, but it doesn't make sense because Danielle works on Long Island. But she's been nervous about these interest rates and the Fed raising them. How high do you think those uh, those numbers may get? Well, I mean, you know, it's a, it's a funny thing. So so people are talking about seven interest rate increases this year, which would take the short-term rate that the Fed controls above 1%, maybe towards 1.5%. You know, mortgage rates have ticked up above 4%, which historically is still extremely low. The problem is that prices – for homes have gone up. We're short about 5 million homes relative to demand. Rents have gone up, I think about 14% year over year in some places, as much as 40%. So that this is this is a big component, which again, is, is, is partly structural. You know, the millennials delayed their family formation because of the great financial crisis. Now they're out there looking for homes. And some people, of course, have moved away from big cities and gone into places like Nashville and Austin and Phoenix and Spokane, Washington, yeah. and they're pushing up the price of houses. And so house prices have, have run away to the upside as well. That's going to take a while to fix. Yeah, sure. I, got, I got to tell you, I, I uh, watch the HGTV channel a lot, Ronnie. That's kind of our guilty pleasure now. And uh, because of home improvements and stuff, I think it's kind of cool. And, for example, one of the shows I really like is this couple, Ben, I forget his wife's name, Aaron Napier. And the name of the show is Hometown. And they live in this little town, Laurel, Mississippi, and if I tell you the amount of house you get for a quarter oh, yeah. of a million dollars, I watch these shows, I get nauseous. I can't believe it. Now, again, you're living in Laurel, Mississippi, but my God, value for the money, Ronnie, it's incredible. Absolutely. And then, look, I mean, first of all, one, that's always been true. Uh, today, it's more true than ever, right? I mean, in the sense that if you move to places with lower cost of living, you get a lot more house. Uh, your dollar goes farther on almost everything, you know, and so... It's it, there's nothing you can do about that. I mean, you know, if you want to if you want to buy a you know five thousand square foot apartment in Manhattan, I mean, you're probably oh. talking about what five six seven million dollars. Yes, right. I yes. mean, 
Yeah. So. <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> no, no <laughs> yeah, thank well, you. Exactly. Yeah. No, no, I know. I'll, I take, know. I'll I know. take a house on the water someplace else. Ron and Santa, CNBC. Absolutely. So we're all waiting with bated breath here to see what Putin and Russia does with uh, Ukraine. Joe Biden intimated yesterday if uh, Ukraine is, in fact, invaded by Russia, you're going to feel some of that here. I'm not sure if you meant economically, but what does it mean economically if, in fact, the Russians do invade Ukraine? Well, if we if we were to cut off Russian Russia's energy supplies to to the West, and you know Germany and other parts of Europe get a lot of their both oil and natural gas from Russia, that would drive up the price, as the president suggested, of of gasoline. Well, another another huge mistake Biden made. I mean, idiotic. He got the Keystone Pipeline here, and you just talked about that, all the oil really supply. I mean, come that on, really wouldn't solve the problem. That the the real problem that we have, and you, you can go back several years on this, is that Saudi Arabia and Russia back in about 2016 decided to, uh, by 2017, I should say, flood the world with oil and drive U.S. frackers out of business and make it uneconomic for them to continue pumping oil when we were the number one producer in the world. They've driven those companies to the edge uh, at one point of bankruptcy. Now they're not drilling nearly as much. So we've lost, I believe, over 2 million barrels a day of production. Yes, we have. But but, but, but you're right. But could you explain to me, Ron, why not that long ago? Oh, yes. Under the Trump presidency, we were energy efficient. We were able to do all these things. And now we're not. Can you explain that to me? Yeah, I just did. The the Russians and, and, and Saudi Arabia and OPEC flooded the market with oil that didn't happen that didn't happen in the last but that didn't happen in the last year did it no no it happened during during the trump years it happened and i'm not blaming the president but i'm saying that's the period in which it happened um and the frackers have just not gone back to producing nearly as much as they did in the past they're returning money to shareholders instead of making big capital investments to get more oil out of the ground so we're not in the preeminent position that we were several years ago and so you can't. And again, that's something, again, in terms of supply, you just can't bring it on that quickly. So now we're kind of stuck. We're not producing as much. They cut back. And then we had the pandemic, which drove prices down. We had the rebound. That's brought prices up. And this geopolitical risk is really in the last several months. since about October. That's really driven the oil price considerably higher into the mid 90s. And, and gasoline on average is about 350 around the country, which, you know, historically is not as high as it was in 2008. So we are feeling some pain at the pump, but in in October of 2008, oil was at $147 a barrel, and gas was closer to four or five dollars. So it, it's yeah, it's more expensive. We're commuting less too, by the way. So I'm not sure the impact would be as great as it was in other periods. But that's the risk. That's one of the risks that if, if Russia goes into Ukraine, we'd see a disruption of energy supplies. Russia also provides commodities to other parts of the world, and that that could have a dampening effect on economic and market activity. Also, just the uncertainty that goes with something like a a face-off between the West and Russia doesn't help confidence in any way, shape, or form. It is always great to catch up with you. You're so smart. Same, uh, sir. God, you're so smart. Are are, are you, like, really this smart, or is it just like you just – this is just for TV? My wife types this out for me before I come on the show, <laughs> and then I just read it word for word. That's funny. I know your wife. She's a lovely lady and very, very bright like mine. That wouldn't surprise Hopefully, me. Yes. <laughs> hey, you're great. Thank you so much for hopping on this morning, Ronnie. Thanks, we'll do man. it again very, very soon. Thank you so much. All right. Be well. All right. That's Ron Santa, CNBC, American finance reporter, breaking it down, what's going on with inflation, supply chain shortage, and the possibilities the world economy may face if, in fact, Russia does invade the Ukraine. 
WABC, 1-800-848-9222. I think a really good hour number one. The good news is three more hours to go, including three great guests. This is the Hump Day edition of Bernie and Sid in the Morning, only right here on Talk Radio 77, WABC. My tears get in the way And I need you back to stay I wander through the night And search the world to find the words to make it right All I want is just the way it used to be With you here close to me Knicks and Nets, I'll be there tonight. Madison Square Garden, me and Bill O'Reilly. We've done Met games together. We've never done a Nick game together. I don't know if Corey Zelnick will be there tonight. Anyway, Knicks and Nets coming up tonight, Madison Square Garden. If you'll be at the Garden, you have a chance to uh, say hello to me and Bill O'Reilly. I think we're sitting courtside. I think right next to uh, Spike Lee or Howard Stern, I don't know. Oh, Steve Sharippo. Yeah. I mean, the, the term courtside can mean a lot of things. Sure. It's like, that doesn't necessarily mean you front row. Oh, so. you, you want to take that up with Bill O'Reilly? These no, are his tickets. I don't want to take it yeah, up okay, with Bill Okay, then, then I would just say leave it alone. Okay. We're, we're right there next to John McEnroe and uh, right, you know, the, I'm, I'm done. Woody Allen, I guess. I'm, I don't know. I'm done talking about Who even it? goes to Nick games anymore? Who does that? Uh, not me. Who's like the big crowd? Well, you're going to see Spike, obviously. Right, Spike. And, uh, He's a jerk off. Anybody know. else? You'll probably see a couple of... Disney Channel stars and like who? I have no idea. Zendaya? She's in Spider Man now. I guess she's not even a Disney Channel star anymore. She's dating Spider Man. Uh, which one? Tom Holland. Oh, is that right? They're yeah. cute together. I like those two. Yeah. They're dating in real life. Yeah, I like that. You like that? Yeah, they're cute. Okay, I like that. All right, so uh, I'll be there later on tonight with Bill O'Reilly. He'll be on this show tomorrow, coming up at eight forty, and then of course he has his morning message coming up at seven twenty-five. So yesterday, the highlight. And again, thanks to Ron and Sana, CNBC. My uh, hearing aids are completely off at this point. If I don't go see Dr. Shelley Borgia today, I, I literally cannot do the show tomorrow. Can I can't hear, hear a thing. Can you hear me now? Not really. What about now? Nah. Oh. I mean, I can, but it's really, really low. Wow. And these things are all the way jacked up. So. Oh, my. They last a couple of months, and they're great. But when they go, they go. It's like there's no warning. <laughs> you hear nothing. I mean, nothing. So it's, uh, it's becoming a real issue. I must take care of that today at some point. Anyway, uh, the highlight of yesterday's show was the Bernie and Sid Army, which is what you are on Twitter, at Sid Rosenberg, and, of course, also the, the show's Twitter, at Bernie and Sid, standing up for us in this battle against Errol Lewis. Now, Bernie wasn't here yesterday. He went back until Monday. But Bernie can't stand Errol Lewis either. Can't stand him. And uh, last year, when Errol Lewis first came at me, with his racist tweets, Bernie took him to task. Bernie wasn't here to do it yesterday, but I spoke to him last night, and he loved the fact that our audience went hard at Errol Lewis yesterday. And why did they go hard at him? Because we know that bail reform is a huge issue in New York City. 
A lot of these criminals, you see these stories, guys that are pushing people in front of speeding trains, guys that are stabbing and shooting people. It seems time and time again, nine priors, 13 priors, 20 priors, very few of these crimes. And I mean violent crimes that we've seen over the last couple of months is it a first-time offense. I can't remember one, not one. So when Errol Lewis has Andrea Stewart-Cousins, is that her name? Yeah, you got it right that time. This uh, lady who is the majority, the Senate majority leader, on his stupid New York One show a couple nights ago, and she actually makes a claim that bail reform is not an issue, instead of him stopping her right there and saying, well, wait a second, there's a story in today's New York Post that says 43% of violent offenders commit a second crime. Instead of him saying that, this idiot is nodding his head, yep, 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 sure, 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 that's all he did. So if you missed it, here was the exchange between dopey Errol Lewis and a very dangerous Andrea Stewart-Cousins. Now we're also looking at the reality of the pandemic. We're looking at, at two years that, uh, you know, have shaken everyone to the core. And I think we're also looking at, in my mind, this kind of repetitive, you know, Republican national right. uh, coordinated campaign of fear, frankly. And so no matter where you go uh, in the country, you know, they're talking about bail reform and crime. Our bail reform is not the catalyst oh, for national uptick in crime. Oh. And so, I mean, I just think we have to reset. Mm-hmm. We have to, you know, look at what we've actually done. Nothing. And look at look at what 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 is at stake. So that's her with Errol Lewis a couple of nights ago. Then the leader of the assembly, the guy in charge, this uh, hasty, he's another waste of time. And not just waste of time, but these are dangerous people. When they try to make an argument that a that legislation that is clearly aiding in the destruction of our city and making people like, oh, I don't know, Sid and Danielle Rosenberg leave the city. When they start making arguments that say we're crazy, this is a talking point, they're not just a waste of time. They're not just silly. They're very dangerous people. Andrea Stewart-Cousins is dangerous, and so is Hasty. He almost said the same exact thing. But everything that people find is frustrating to them about what's going on, it's just so easy to just blame, you know, bail reform. And I don't think that does any of us um, a a service, a good service. Well, it's, it's the problem. It's the overwhelming majority part of the problem. It's right there. So whether you think it's the service or not, I don't really give a rat's ass. I don't care what you think. Hasty, Cousins, Errol Lewis, all you morons. I don't care. So this beautiful young Asian girl, and this broke my heart yesterday watching the coverage of this, Christina Lee, she walks into her apartment building in New York City, some disgusting animal, not a white supremacist, let me make that point, not a white supremacist, follows her into her building, rushes his way into her apartment, and stabs her 40 times, sexually abuses her, and stabs her 40 times. This beautiful young Asian girl. I mean, just really, really disgusting. And of course, he had priors. Mr. Hasty, what do you say now? Stuart Cousins, what do you say now? Here is the landlord of that building talking about his now deceased and beautiful tenant. This man was a menace to the community. 
um, he was an outright danger. Um, but the police did their jobs excellently. They kept arresting him repeatedly. It was the politicians' lax on crime policies that kept putting him out on the street because the judges have to follow the rule of law, which the politicians have set in the city. We have very high hopes for, for Mayor Adams, um, but we have been repeatedly failed by his district attorney, Alvin Bragg, um, who since day one, uh, he proudly announced his new lax on crime policies. My, my response to them would be, uh, you, you need to enact these much needed reforms. Um, we are tired of hearing our, our officials utter empty platitudes while enacting none of the desperately needed reforms that need to take place. Nice to hear the landlord call out the new Manhattan DA, Alvin Bragg. Another person equally as disgusting as the rest of, as the rest of these folks is uh, AOC, who had some comments about the migrants in Texas yesterday that were beyond ridiculous. But she actually blamed she blamed the uptick in crime in New York City on the child tax credit. I mean, so stupid, it's not even worth talking about. But the landlord did bring that up as well. Here's the landlord on AOC. That is an unbelievably naive statement uh, and completely irresponsible on behalf of her. <clears throat> but it also shows the amount of uh, distance that our elected officials have from the actual community themselves. So it gets a little redundant day after day, maligning the same people, but they deserve it. Hasty, Stewart, Cousins, and for me at least, for Sid Rosenberg and Greg Kelly, Eric Adams. I mean, folks, he's done it again. When you become mayor of New York City, you better, better be thick-skinned. You're going to deal with a lot of stuff. Folks are going to like you, like Michael Goodwin yesterday. Folks are going to dislike you, like Sid Rosenberg right now. That comes with the territory. You're the mayor of New York City. you got a lot of problems here, a lot. Homeless people running amok, murders all over New York City. The subway has become a complete mess. You can't go to a decent Upper East Side restaurant without the concern of being held up by people at gunpoint. I mean, it's a mess. Eric Adams can't be worried about what I say. And to actually yesterday break it down by race, for him to go remind everybody time and time again yesterday that he's a black man, I don't give a rat's ass what color he is. I don't care what color he is. Bill de Blasio was a white man, and he was a crappy mayor, maybe the worst of all time. Eric Adams is a black man. He's a crappy mayor so far. I know what's early in the game. Everybody keeps telling me, give him more time. I'll give him more time. I'll give him more rope to hang himself. He's crappy. So yesterday, instead of coming out and saying, hey, listen, I don't really care what you guys ask me. I don't care what you guys say. I am worried about saving this city. I got a lot of work to do. You're either with me or against me, but I don't care. Instead of doing that, Eric Adams once again calls race into question. This is hard to listen to. Here's your mayor, folks. You know, I'm going to say this. And, you know, I'm not saying it out of hate. I'm saying it out of love. Oh. I'm a black man. That's the mayor. No kidding. But my story has been interpreted by people that don't look like me. We got to be honest about that. How many blacks are in the editorial boards? How many blacks are determined how these stories are being written? 
How many Asians? How many East Indians? How many South Asians? Everybody talks about my government being diversified. What's the diversification in the newsrooms? So everybody go back with their predispositions. And my role as mayor is being interpreted through the prisms of your realities and not mine. Yeah, had nothing to do with race. Your role as mayor is being interpreted by law-abiding, hard-working New York City folks who are sick and tired of living in this city. And the rhetoric like that has nothing to do with race. Who cares that you're a black man and who cares about the diversity in the newsroom? Well, I'm so sick of that, too. I don't walk into my newsroom in the morning at 5 o'clock in the morning and check how many black guys are here, how many Asian girls are here. I don't care. I want people that are going to be good at their job. Eric Adams, if you were doing a very good job as the mayor in your first 40 days, you wouldn't have to say what you said yesterday. So instead of being accountable and saying, you know what? Yeah, I say a lot of the right things, but I don't do dick. You're calling out people like me, white journalists. I listen, I, I got friends in this city that are black. They've come on this show, and they're not big Eric Adams fans either. This is not about race. This is about New Yorkers who are fed up. We are sick and tired of it. I'm leaving. I'm leaving. The city needs me. I make a good living. I pay a lot of money in taxes. I go out for dinner almost every single night. I take advantage of New York City. This city needs me. I'm gone. I'm gone because... I know in my heart of hearts that Eric Adams isn't going to fix anything. And when he makes comments like he did yesterday and makes this about race, makes this about race instead of doing his job, then I know for sure I've been right about Eric Adams all along. I'll be right back. Bill O'Reilly here, and I'm warming up from the NRIA.net studios in New York. Stand by for the O'Reilly Update Morning Edition. On this Wednesday, it looks like three women, Amy Schumer and two others, will host this year's Academy Awards ceremony. Doesn't matter. Nobody will watch. Well, I shouldn't say nobody, but it's going to be very low rated. I'm not going to watch. I don't think Jack Nicholson is going to watch. In fact, I don't know anyone who cares about the poor Oscar anymore. Quick, what was last year's best picture? Come on. Nomadland. Didn't see it. Heard it was pretty good, but didn't see it. And I don't think many other people saw it because the grocers were not hot. So the essential question is, what happened to Hollywood? One word, smugness. You know what I'm talking about. These airheaded personalities going out, spouting about complicated political issues. And you know they don't know anything. And in Hollywood, if you are a conservative performer or even a technician, you can get fired for that. It is a totalitarian system in Hollywood, and Americans know it. But they are generally so smug. Ah, Hollywood is done. That is the Morning O'Reilly Update. More analysis later on.
Take my photo off the wall if it just won't sing for you. Cause all that's left has gone away and there's nothing there for you to prove. Jet, look what you've done. It's 7.29, Wednesday morning, back here on Bernie and Sid. Spoke to Ron and Sana last hour. The great Congressman Peter King coming up in about 10 minutes. He's always great. Then we'll talk to this uh, Russian spy turned supermodel slash fashion designer here for Fashion Week in New York City. Ilya, well, how do you say her name again? Damn it. I'm going, I'm, I'm going with Aaliyah. Aaliyah Rosa. Yeah, is that that's right? What I'm going with I, now. I guess we'll get confirmation on that a little later. She's like Frank Morano's friend or something. She's been on that show, Other Side of Midnight, once before. She'll make her debut on our program today, and then we'll talk to the Twisted Swiss, uh, Sister, lead singer D. Snyder. I like him a lot. He'll be on in the uh, the nine o'clock hour. So these truckers, they're still doing their thing there in uh, Canada, right? They're still they're still protesting these guys. Still? They're doing the damn thing, you know. No. I don't uh, know what the hell you just said. I said they're doing the thing that you just said. Oh, uh, what's that? They're still doing it. They're what's still that? They're still doing it. Doing what? They're they're protesting, man. They're out there, they're driving so they're, their trucks. The trucks are there, they're, they're stopping, they're they're, they're causing traffic, they're you being annoying it. at this point. You know it, yeah. They're causing what? Traffic. Oh no. <laughs> oh, where's my guy Stephen A. Smith? Just wait a damn second here. Yeah. Traffic. On the FDR. Oh no, not the FDR, not in Canada. Anyway. People getting stuck in traffic. Thank you, Stephen. So the Canadian Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, another profile encouraged this guy. He says um, <laughs> they're not ready to call in the army just yet, but oh, that may have to happen sometime soon. This is Trudeau, cut number 11. The consequences on their lives for choosing to continue to endanger the lives and livelihoods of other Canadians to continue to violate our laws are going to be more and more extensive. And therefore, uh, we are very hopeful that people will choose to leave these protests peacefully now that they've been heard. Um, There are further steps for law enforcement to take as uh, that happens or not, but we are a long way from ever having to call in the military, although, of course... We have to be uh, ready for any eventuality, uh, but uh, it is not something we are seriously contemplating at this time. This guy's another pussy. I mean, he's not a lot different than Joe Biden, I got to tell you. (laughs) Anyway, here is, uh, you're not going to get that with Brian Kilmeade. Here is uh, the truckers, their response to Trudeau's comments. This is number 12. With this thing, he just gained more freedom fighters right now. He is just going further and further into more power grabbing it's yeah disgusting really if anything it makes him look uh 
incompetent. It's almost like it's exposing more corruption or something. It's almost like he's just lost complete control of the country and it's really shown. Just keep grabbing more power, dig deeper. Man, we just want to talk. Come to the table. I think uh, before he does something like this, he should come in and ask what we want. I think it's a little bit overbearing, for sure. Like, we're not, there's no emergency here. Like, we haven't wrecked one thing or there hasn't been any, hardly any arrests. So he's just doing it to try to get us out of here, and it's going to work because some of us are going to have to leave, right? You know, we are here in a line of large numbers. I'm pretty sure there are going to be some chicken drivers between all of us. But uh, you know what? I can tell you for sure. One leaves, 10 others, they're gonna take his place. I'm in for the long haul. He's, every time he seems to say it, it's like, man, I, my moral compass won't let me leave. All right, so you heard from Trudeau. Then you heard the trucker's response, which is basically, he is, uh, he's feckless. He's, uh, as, a, as a leader, very feckless. Yeah, and I think if anything, they're saying he's making it worse. He's making himself. it worse, that's right. I agree with them, even though they become annoying at this point. And I'm with them, I'm on their side. But enough is enough. Either way, uh, they are all over him. But you got to go to this guy. Nobody does a better monologue on television. I mean nobody. And he was all over Trudeau last night from Fox News, our good buddy, Tucker Carlson. You could be breaking laws. That was the funniest part. These are people who literally don't care about the law at all. They believe they make the law. This is the prime minister who ordered the cops to steal people's fuel. There's no law that says you can't have fuel in Ottawa. He's made that up. Now he's lecturing them about the law. And Joe Biden, who is violating federal law on the grand scale every day by importing two million people illegally without your consent, he's upset about the law. Justin Trudeau is so upset he's threatening the truckers' children. Quote, it's time to go home, especially if you have your kids with you, Trudeau said. Wouldn't want something to happen to them. <laughs> Tucker Carlson. That, once again, is a courtesy of Fox News. So the truckers... Still sticking up their big middle finger to Justin Trudeau there in Canada. Justin Ellick and Frankie Diaz with me going nuts across the glass. I know Gabby Lopez caught me in a bit of a dance move there. Can't help it. King for just today, the Thompson Twins. And that brings us to our next guest, our second guest today. He's on every Wednesday at this time. Why? Because he's great. His name is Congressman Peter King, who spent the better part of four decades as one of the great politicians in the history. I mean that here in New York. Now he does a weekend show with the judge who uh, Danielle has forgiven he does it on the FM side on Saturday afternoons and the AM side on Sunday mornings. Here he is, the great Peter King. Good morning, Peter. So 
Sid, it's always great to be with you, and I love listening to Bo Snurdly. That's the highlight of my morning. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Why, not, why would you start with that? <laughs> <laughs> you are funny. See, right off the bat, it doesn't matter what, what else you say the rest of the way. You just won the day, Peter King. You just won the day. It was okay. brilliant. It was brilliant. But I'll get clip of the day then. Okay, That's it. You yeah. get clip of the day. Hey, I do want to start with Daniel Nigro. Yeah. He, um, this is a story that I think should get a lot more pub than it is. He's going to retire today, the FDNY commissioner. And I've met Daniel right. on a few occasions now because of John Katz and Matides, who I love. And I know you know him very, very well. He's been around since 9-11 and before that. Right. What are your thoughts on uh, Daniel Nigro leaving his post today? Uh, Dan Nigro has been a great commissioner. I first actually met him. Uh, it was like three days after, after 9-11. They had the first funeral. I guess it was four days after 9-11. He was a stalwart during that entire time. He's a dedicated firefighter. I mean, he's a guy who uh, probably almost losing money by being fire commissioner. I mean, he, he could have gotten any job in the private sector. He could have uh, had a very comfortable life. But now Dan is, uh, again, a very, very dedicated firefighter, dedicated New Yorker. And all of us should be indebted to him for his years of service. <clears throat> I'm really proud to call him a friend. And you couldn't ask for a better guy than Dan Nigro. I wish him a long and healthy and happy retirement. Wow, that is a great, great couple of words there from Congressman Peter King to uh, Daniel Nigro. And uh, I agree with everything you said. Good man and worked hard for this city, and God bless him. Now, let's get to the matter at hand. I know you listen every day. You know that I had this Twitter war yesterday with Errol Lewis. I couldn't believe that he had Andrea Stewart-Cousins on on Monday night. Did not take her to task when she said that bail reform is not an issue. Hasty said the same thing yesterday, and Adams went to Albany two days ago, and as far as I know, got nothing done. Do you believe that these people, these legislators, are saying stuff like that? Uh, unfortunately, yes, the way they are now, the way they've been the last few years, they've been absolutely terrible and almost as bad as Kathy Hochul is going along with them. I mean, listen, everyone, not just conservatives or moderates, really across the board, rank-and-file people know that bail reform has not worked. They know that all of these uh, concessions that have been made to the criminal defense is hurting the country. There has to be something done with bail reform, and not just something. A lot has to be done, but certainly giving the judges the right to, if they think a person is dangerous, to hold that person in jail. And Andrea Stewart-Cousins and Carl Hasty and Governor Hochul and Earl Lewis to act, and to act as if this is normal. I mean, there you have crime going up every day, vicious murders going up all the time. And they act as if uh, you're some kind of a racist or you're some kind of a Neanderthal if you want to uh, give the judges in this state the same power that every other judge in the country has in every other state. So this is wrong. And again, there's that arrogance that's out there. That somehow, uh, if you disagree with the intelligentsia, or when you, if you disagree with the progressive elite, it, it really is only two choices. Either you're not too smart or you're a racist. And, and that's, what, that's the way they try to frame the debate. And that's why I'm disappointed so far in uh, uh, Mayor Adams. I mean, unlike you, I'm willing to give him a little more time. Oh, I stop. thought he was going to go to Albany no, and fight for this. Stop. can't say that he's going to go to Albany and, uh, oh, yeah. and then just because they tell him that it's, uh, you know, they're not going to go along with it for him to give up the fight. He should be fighting this. He should be standing on the rooftops. Instead of yelling at reporters, he should be yelling at Andrea Stewart-Cousins and Kathy Hochul and Carl Hasty. Well, he's going to yell at you now because I know you heard, you've been listening since the beginning of the show, I played the audio, where he basically took white journalists to task. He said, I'm a black man, and uh, he's basically going to, you know, he's going to do his uh, press conferences now and, and leave. He's not going to answer questions. And he, he, he said, listen, uh, he, he's upset he intimated he's upset with white journalists, people like Sid Rosenberg, Peter King, Greg Kelly, who take him to task. 
That is really, really pathetic out of Eric Adams. Yeah, listen, no uh, media outlet in the in the city gave him more coverage than the New York Post, which is almost entirely white. I mean, Michael Goodwin wrote column after column praising Eric Adams as he was coming into office. Uh, so, this, uh, if anything, white, if you want to put it in white and black terms, the quote-unquote white people had very high expectations of Eric Adams. Uh, they uh, strongly supported him, uh, again, because of his pro-police stand, going uh, after crime. So for him to raise this, listen, race is a serious issue. You can't trivialize it. And you're trivializing it if you're saying that critical reporting is based on race. There's nothing in any, anything there at all that even indicates race. So he's, uh, he's going to hurt himself. Listen, I still wish him well. I want him to do the job. But so far, there's been a lot of talk, not real action. Uh, unfortunately, he's the best that's out there on the Democratic side, uh, but he's got, he's got to do more, and he's got to stop the complaining. He's, come on, he's a tough guy. He's supposed to be a tough guy. Yeah. Don't be, uh, you know, sort of uh, getting angry at reporters and, and calling them racist. That's going to get him absolutely nowhere, and it's going to get the city nowhere, and we're still going to have people being thrown on the subway tracks and people being knifed and killed. We don't need that. So, come on, Eric, get on the job. Eric Adams, bring up race yesterday, just a couple of days, Peter King, just a couple of days after he had to apologize for calling Cops, crackers, back in 2019. So that's two comments now in a week about white people. I'm just saying, I'm telling you, you can put the money in the bank. I've been right about Eric Adams all along. You guys will eventually come to the party. Now, uh, let's talk about Kathy Hochul. Every time I bring her up with Lydia especially, because you're on with John Katzmatidis quite a bit, she goes, well, I mean, we're a little surprised about Kathy Hochul. Peter King always tells us that he liked her and she was somewhat moderate. I said, wait a second, wait a second. Now she's the governor. Now she has to answer to the Democrat Party. Nothing she does surprises me. But I guess, according to you, she was more moderate. So are you surprised? Yeah, I, I am surprised. Listen, I never thought she'd be a conservative, but I thought she'd be much more down the line. She'd be more of a centrist. Listen, when she was the county clerk up in Erie County, she wouldn't give driver's licenses to illegal immigrants. I mean, she was taking, she was on you know, the right wing there. And in Congress, she was basically a, a centrist, never seemed to identify with any of those people on, on the left. And so I figured she'd at least uh, be in John Caspertini's terms, a common sense Democrat. But she's not. I mean, she's gone over. In many ways, she's more liberal than uh, Andrew Cuomo was. <laughs> so, you know, you can say, OK, she has to do that to win the nomination. You know, you have to sell your soul. I mean, you have to believe in something. And I can see accommodating people, trying to make yourself a little more broad-minded, if you want to call it that. But to be caving in and going so far to the left, to me, it's inexcusable and it's dangerous. Congressman Peter King, always great on these Wednesday morning meetings here on the Bernie and Sid show. So I put up a very nasty tweet at Sid Rosenberg yesterday about the halftime show. Not <clears> once, <throat> but twice. You know, Eminem took a knee. The NFL told him not to. He still did it. And then at the very end of that stupid song, Dr. Dre called out the police. So given the opportunity to really come up big there, those guys failed once again. So I tweeted something nasty. So did the Suffolk County PBA, yet the Instagram had his message removed. So two questions. A, what do you think about that, removing the Suffolk County PBA's message about the halftime show? And B, did you stay true to your word, Peter King, and not watch it? Yeah, I didn't watch the halftime show. I, I didn't watch the game, and I'm not trying to be a hero here. But, you know, we went to the wakes, the funerals of two cops. I mean, the whole city was in mourning. And then you have these characters at the halftime show uh, first of all, having uh, people like Snoop Dogg, who was anti-cop, calling for the killing of cops after we just gone to the funerals of two cops. 
and that, that song was out there, and NFL knew about it when they uh, brought him on for that. They kept him there. And then to have the other guy, Eminem, taking a knee. Listen, all this stuff with Kaepernick, Kaepernick was a disgrace. This wasn't a knee for uh, uh, civil rights for blacks. Everyone supports that. This was He took knees against the cops. He wore the socks saying cops were pigs. They, if you take a knee, what you're saying is that you believe that cops are out to intentionally kill blacks, when cops have done more to say black lives than any other group in the country, they're the ones who are being shot. I mean, just last weekend, how many cops were shot over the weekend? Yeah, and six. so at the time, the NFL is supposed to be America's game. They're out there taking a knee, attacking the cops. They have a guy on there who's uh, praising cop killers. Absolute disgrace. And to me, the NFL is enabling uh, racism against cops. It's horrible. And uh, I, I really had it with them. And Roger Goodell, as far as I'm concerned, is a, a meaningless coward. Wow. Peter King, quote, Roger Goodell, a meaningless coward. I agree. Now, last thing, for folks that don't follow Peter King on Instagram, you should. At Pete King, at Pete King. So you've been talking the last couple of days about this Durham investigation where they are investigating Hillary Clinton for spying on Donald Trump's campaign. There is no question if you're going to be right down the middle and have no bias that they did spy on his campaign, how much they did. You can talk about that all day long. But in my mind, there's no question that Hillary Clinton spied on Trump's campaign. And you've even said on your Instagram account, this is one of the worst things in American history. That's how you feel. Yes, I do. And spying is one thing. That's bad enough. But what they did was they got the uh, media and the uh, government to actually believe that Donald Trump was an agent of the Soviet, of, of the Russian government. I mean, this was uh, the worst thing. They talk about denying democracy. President Trump was elected. He was honestly elected, and that was it. To somehow say that the Russians were behind this, that he was in collusion with Russia. Listen, I was on the Intelligence Committee. I sat through hours and weeks and months of testimony, and Adam Schiff and all those people there. There was never one bit of indication at all that Donald Trump had any dealings with the Russians. Probably, I can say this, the most surprised person in the world when Donald Trump was elected was Putin. They never thought that Donald Trump was going to be elected. They didn't. They had no collusion with him whatsoever. That was bad enough. Now we're finding out that the Clinton campaign, people in the campaign were actually working to create that image, working with people in the government. And I listen, I want them to go fully after people like John Brennan, Jim Comey, General Clapper. That whole intelligence community was working against Trump. And even if they didn't intentionally come up with this, they were willing to believe it. If you went to them with a story that Trump was a, uh, a Russian agent, they believed it. They used fo- phony uh, affidavits to get uh, authorization from the FISA court to wiretap the Trump campaign. This went beyond anything we ever had before. Watergate was a bunch of bungling burglars. But in this case here, you actually had highest levels of the government undermining the president of the United States the first two years that Donald Trump was president, he was being investigated for Russian collusion. Of course, millions of dollars tied up, I don't know how many hours, of his administration. I remember sitting there with Don, uh, Don Jr. Uh, three, uh, in his like, uh, intelligence committee room, three levels below the ground. Everything is soundproofed and everything else. Listening to this endless questioning and questioning, treating him like, like with some kind of a gulag. You know, this is horrible, <laughs> absolutely horrible. It's a disgrace. No matter who you're with, who you, what side you're on, you should be offended by this, but I'm not going to expect it from the New York Times, the Washington Post, no. and they will never give their Pulitzer Prizes back. But this has been a, a charade, a farce, a hoax from the start before we even found out about the collusion between the Clinton administration and the government 
to create this false image. A fired up Peter King this morning. 60 seconds to go, Peter. Give me the Peter King percentage that the Russians do, in fact, invade the Ukraine. I was just talking to a friend of mine who's actually in Hungary, dealing with some top people over there. They believe they're not going to. I think, maybe I'm hoping against hope. I'm hoping that uh, Putin is going to make some deal, some cosmetic deal with NATO and the U.S. that will agree to uh, reposition some of our missiles and anti-missile uh, you know, systems, that, that type thing. He will claim that, that you know, that's a victory and he won't invade. I think that uh, if NATO is united, in some ways NATO is a paper tiger, but they, uh, they haven't gotten stronger because of Donald Trump who made them kick in the money. Right. If that's the case, I think Putin may try to find a way out of this. That's what I'm hoping for. But again, we've got to be on our guard. He, he's a bad guy. He's a bad guy. He's a murderer. He's a trained KGB agent, so he cannot in any way be trusted. He has a totally different moral sense of values than we do. No question. So uh, here's your opportunity to promote the big show you've got on the weekend with the judge, which is a great show. I've actually listened. Tell the folks when they can hear you and the judge. It's on uh, WLIR on uh, Saturday afternoons at 4 o'clock. That's 107.1 FM. And then it's on WABC at 6 a.m. on Sunday morning. And that leads right into the Reverend the Rabbi. So you have the judge and the ex-congressman leading into the Reverend the Rabbi. What more can you want? Multi-ethnic, <laughs> multicultural WABC. And all of this is just a prelude to the week-long Bernie and Sid. And Bernie, <laughs> I hope you're getting better. I know he will. Yeah, he's uh, he's fighting hard. He did send me a picture in his bed last night, another day of uh, chemotherapy. He loves you. I love you. You were great today, Peter King, as always. Thank you so much, pal. Terrific job. Thank you, Sid. My man, you got it. Peter King, the great congressman, here every Wednesday at this time. Only halfway through, we've got a Russian spy, a very attractive Russian spy, coming into studio next hour. The former lead singer of Twisted Sister, Dee Snyder. He'll be in in the 9 o'clock hour. Plus, Lydia reports, beat Sid, and all your phone calls. A big two hours about to come your way on the Hump Day edition of Bernie and Sid. Of the great album August and everything after. What is this uh, New York State Democratic Convention that begins today? I know Hillary Clinton, who they uh, bombarded her and her daughter yesterday at some lunch. I don't know. She, she, she spied on Trump. She's she deleted all those emails. She should be in prison for like 35, 40 years at the very least. Jim Comey had this beautiful explanation on one July morning. Me and Bernie were live on the air, making a very good argument for 30 minutes why she was guilty. And then, of course, we're not to say, but we're not going to do anything about it. So is she a keynote speaker at this nonsense? Yeah, it's scheduled for Thursday. Um, what is? Where is it? 
At the Javits Center? Where is it? Yes. I don't know exactly. Uh, Frankie Diaz with an E. Or let's get Deb Valentine. Somebody. Uh, the, the Deb, Deb, put Deb's yeah. mic on in there. Yeah. Go back in there. Or come in here. Come here. <laughs> Deb Valentine, our news lady who's a pro, unlike you. She uh, she knows what's going on. Deb, what's going on? It's at the Sheraton in Times Square. Oh, is it really? Yes. Yeah. She is speaking to the New York State Democratic Convention. And who will be there? Like Kathy Hochul and Jamani Williams and all these losers? Well, she is reportedly going to be firing up the – well, of course, all the Democrats are going to be there. Yeah. Or else, you know, yeah. <laughs> be there and get out of town if you're a Democrat. Right. But um, she is reportedly going to be firing up the Democratic base – now, there is speculation, of course, that she will make a third run for the White House. Right, right. I don't think she'll announce that on Thursday. Okay. But you never know. And um, this also, there is speculation that she is seen as the best candidate for Democrats in the upcoming presidential race in 2024, being that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris have such horrible yes. ratings. All well, the polls yeah. show their ratings are tanking. Yeah, we've had these discussions about whether she'd be the, the best choice or Pete Buttigieg. Obviously, if Michelle Obama jumps in the race, which she won't. But if she does, it becomes a completely different race. But uh, she may be the best shot, but she still has no shot. She <laughs> is seen as the Democrats' best hope. Well, oh you know, God. I mean, some would say, you know, look at all the things that have happened in the past. Whether you look at the emails, whether you look at this uh, current uh, quote unquote spying uh, allegations right, that right. surround her, sure. uh, you look at Vince Foster, Benghazi. the list goes on. Right, yeah. Benghazi, yeah. and uh, so you know, some say she's got so much baggage, but time will tell. All right, there you go, Deb Valentine, our news lady, does a great job at the top of every hour. Thank you, Deb. That was terrific. Thank you very much. So I leave the show yesterday after going off on Errol Lewis all morning again for the criminal bail reform interview he did with Andrea Stewart-Cousins. And uh, I get in the cab with Kenny. Gene drives me to work in the morning. Kenny drives me to work in the after, uh, drives me home in the, in the afternoon. And I get the email alert on my phone that my book, I mentioned this earlier, that my book, Citizens United, is now live. You can pre-order the book right now. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Simon & Schuster. You can pre-order Citizens United were set for a September release. It all depends on the supply chain issue. If that improves, maybe July, maybe August. So we're kind of being safe and saying September. But I do want to read for you one of the blurbs, which, of course, uh, are the little things you read on the jacket cover of the book. And one of the blurbs is from the guy that gets me and Bernie our best ratings every week. The numbers go through the roof at 8.40 every Thursday morning, and that's Bill O'Reilly, who, of course, does a terrific show, 9 p.m. every weeknight here on Talk Radio 77 WABC, and does the morning message on this show, 7.25 every weekday morning. So I have people writing blurbs on the jacket cover of the book, people like Congressman Peter King, John Katsimatidis, Chaz Palminteri, the, uh, the great actor, Miranda Devine. But here's what Bill O'Reilly wrote. He says, Sid Rosenberg writes the way he talks, fast and blunt. His book is entertaining and provides the reader insight into a guy who hit the bottom but pulled himself up to great success. You'll get your money's worth and more. Bill O'Reilly, media guy. And that brings me to tonight, where it's 7.15, tip-off at Madison Square Garden between the Knicks and the Nets, and it's once again... Date night, Sid Rosenberg and Bill O'Reilly. Our third date night. We've done two Met games together. 
This is our first Nick game together. He's buying me dinner, VIP suites at 615. And at this point, I think it's fair to say that uh, Sid and Bill have this beautiful, off-air relationship. You in love? Yes. Wow. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't uh, get there. I mean, I wouldn't be there at 715 expecting a tip-off at 715. It's at 730. I'm meeting so. at 615 for dinner. Oh, very yeah. nice. Chicken fingers, they're incredible. Had them last night. Chicken fingers? Yeah, Sid, we all know how you eat. No, no, that's not the – he promised me a very fancy dinner. Chicken fingers, Gabriel eats out. He's 13. Yeah, and I'm sure <laughs> – you're not 13? No. Oh, uh, okay. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's funny you say that. Maybe I am. Maybe I am. Well, everybody likes chicken fingers. Everybody likes chicken fingers. You're right. So Bill O'Reilly will uh, will do that tonight. That was a great, uh, great blurb, I should say, that Bill wrote. Once again, you can buy Citizens United right now at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and Simon & Schuster. It's a great opinion book. I opine on everything from Donald Trump. If you love Trump, you'll love this book because it's a very, very pro-Donald Trump book. I spend a lot of time bashing Joe Biden and this administration, but I talk about everything from Tom Brady to reality television, the relationship between me and my late great father, the relationship now with me and my son Gabriel, my daughter, my wife, all of it, all in this book. You're going to love it, and it comes out in September, but you can buy it today. Now, what is this uh, Chris Cuomo story? It turns out that uh, Chris was fired uh, during lunch. He he, uh, allegedly, it was a sex attack on some female, who we still don't know who she is yet, no face, no name, nothing. But allegedly, I guess, he wanted to have lunch with her in his office, and he started to attack her. Is that is that the exact story here? Yeah, I know um, Lydia Serrani coming up at 825 was, was planning on, uh, oh, on hitting that story. Well, so, she can do it. So then. maybe she'll, I, yeah, uh, okay. she'll have a little bit more I, I didn't read all the specifics. Uh, I'm really tired of the Cuomo brothers. Me as well. Um, and now it turns out that this lady who may have been sleeping with both of them, and Jeb Zucker resigned. I forget her name, but she's in the news today, too. So um, if Lydia's going to do it, that's great. She can provide me with the details that I refuse to read. Exactly. (laughs) She can hit you with the too-long-don't-read version. Right, exactly. Now, Joe Biden spoke yesterday. We had a great conversation with Congressman Peter King moments ago. We did spend some time talking about the possibility, maybe not probability anymore, but possibility that Russia will invade the Ukraine. And, um, well, Biden talked about it yesterday, and he got very, very, very tough. You don't mess with Joe Biden, bitches. You don't do that. Joe Biden come at you hard. Yeah? Nah. Not really, right? No. Yeah. Unfortunately not. No. He's not a very um, intimidating fellow. Not very tough. No. It's like Trudeau in Canada. Both of them. He's like a shriveled up... uh little old like orchid you know no oh yeah you ever seen like a dead flower yeah yeah it's like joe biden okay that's a pretty good analogy you don't like it no i like it. it's good okay you want to play what he said yesterday sure why not they get scared the hell out of vladimir putin i think he's terrified shaking in his boots mm-hmm. here's joe biden yesterday play them all world war ii was a war of necessity but if russia attacks ukraine it would be a war of choice or a war without cause or reason. I say these things not to provoke, but to speak the truth, because the truth matters. Accountability matters. If Russia does invade in the days and weeks ahead, the human cost for Ukraine will be immense. 
and the strategic cost for Russia will also be immense. If Russia proceeds, we will rally the world to oppose its aggression. The United States and our allies and partners around the world are ready to impose powerful sanctions. All right, there you have make it. Make oh, no mistake. One more. The United States will defend every inch of Two. NATO territory ah. with the full force of American power. An attack against one NATO country is an attack against all of us. And the United States' commitment to Article 5 is sacrosanct. To be clear, if Russia decides to invade, that would also have consequences here at home. But the American people understand that defending democracy and liberty is never without cost. All right, there you have it. Joe Biden getting tough on Russia. One more, Eric Adams. And if it seems like on a daily basis, I go after Eric. I don't. I really don't. He just, he says things almost every day that uh, allow me to do it. And, you know, after calling cops crackers back in 2019, white cops, and apologizing for that just a couple of days ago, once again, Eric Adams went to the race card yesterday when he talked about this bias coming from white journalists, basically. Right? I mean, that's what he, that's what he intimated. When, Essentially, what, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was an elongated version of that, yes. Well, I'm a black man, and uh, I'm sick of white journalists like Sid Rosenberg and Greg Kelly hopping all over my ass. If you missed it, here was Eric Adams once again, once again, proving me right yesterday afternoon. You know, let me say this. And, you know, I'm not saying it out of hate. I'm saying it out of love. I'm a black man. That's the mayor. But my story has been interpreted by people that don't look like me. We got to be honest about that. How many blacks are in the editorial boards? How many blacks are determined how these stories are being written? Who cares? How many Asians? How many East Indians? How many South Asians? No, I don't know. I don't... Everybody talks about my government being diversified. What? What's the diversi- diversification got... in the newsrooms? So everybody go back with their predispositions. Ah. And my role as mayor is being interpreted through the prisms of your reality. Of white, people. Mine. Uh, white people. White uh, people. The white people are interpreting my role as mayor. That's your prism. White people. You believe this? Um, unfortunately, yes, I do, actually. Well, at least he's better than Bill de Blasio. If I hear that one more time, the next person that says that to me, I'm going to punch him right across the face. Unless it's Danielle, of course. But she wouldn't say that. She's not that stupid. Got to be better than Bill de Blasio. Give me a break. White people, do not, do not criticize, i tell you what, or even endorse what I'm doing as mayor. Stay out of it. If uh, Lester Holt wants to say something, great. If, uh, uh, what's the jackass I'm fighting with now? Errol Lewis, that racist. Great. He can talk about me. All those uh, guys on New York One, they can talk. Dean Meminger, he can talk about me. You know, it's great. But Sid Rosenberg, Greg Kelly, shut up. I don't want to hear from white people. White people live in this city, last I checked, in Brooklyn and Queens, Manhattan. Any white people? Yeah, a good good amount. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. I want to make sure that some of his constituents, I would say, are, are white. I mean, a lot of them, right? So. I would say, uh, yeah, a good percentage of them yeah. are Caucasian. We have a right to be pissed off, or, or no? I would say so at this point. You've got to give him a little more time, damn it. Give him a little more time. He's going to be great. You're going to see. This guy ups up every day. Every day. 
He went to Albany two days ago. What do he do? Dick. Nothing. He don't do nothing. Kathy Hochul says what she wants to say. Alvin Bragg says what he wants to say. Uh, forget about him. Carl Hasty. Andrea Stewart Cousins. You ever hear Eric Adams come out and say, I got to tell you, I'm disappointed in these folks. Enough is enough. Have you heard that yet? Anybody? Hello? Hello? This thing on? Anybody hear that yet? Somebody? We can hear you. If it's brown, it could be a Godiva chocolate. It could be. Odds are it's duty. There you go. Don't they, try to sell me. They taste very different, don't, don't they? Exactly. Don't try to sell duty as Godiva chocolate. I know the difference in taste. Do I? Get him out. Thank God for Donald Trump. Get him out. You're fired. Oh. How nice would that be? That one turned you on, didn't it? Oh, that was really good. Anyway, we got a lot more to do this hour. Lydia Reports is coming up next. She's always great. This uh, hot Russian spy live in studio coming up at 840. What else we got? Uh, we got Pete Sid coming up. Oh, that's going to be good. Yeah, your chance at uh, $100 gift card. Pete Snyder is coming up and also the former commissioner of the FDNY. Today's his last day. He's set to retire. How about Daniel Nigro? He's going to call into me today on his last day. He's coming up at 925. So a lot more to do on this, the Wednesday edition of Bernie and Sid. Hello, baby, hello. Haven't seen your face for a while. Have you quit doing time for me? Or are you still the same spoiled child? Hello, I said hello. The only place you thought to go Am I the only man you ever had Or am I just the last surviving friend I gotta read this from L. McMean on Instagram This guy's a uh, loyal, loyal Bernie and Sid listener Brilliant guy, he's an attorney it's okay, I got to say it, no shizzle. You and I, miss, are tied for the best radio host ever. Bob Grant, just too nasty and humorless. Howard Stern, no class. Wolfman Jack, Mike Francesa, Christopher Russo, too narrow. Don't allow yourself to get overexposed. Pastor E, L. McMean. What do you, what do you, what do you call that when you uh, just read something that says something nice about yourself? Besides annoying. Uh, narcissism? Yeah, we'll go with that. Here's Lydia Reports. This is Lydia Reports on 77 WABC. Here's Lydia Serrani. Well, speaking of narcissism, no, I'm just kidding. Well, you know, Chris Cuomo, he is in hot water again. But here, here I go. I'm actually not going to defend him. I'm going to defend the situation. This is how bad things have gotten that I am now defending Chris Cuomo. I don't have anything personal against him. I just didn't like his news ideology. I thought he wasn't a real journalist. I thought what he did with his brother was was a joke, especially during the pandemic when people were dying and suffering in nursing homes, et cetera, et cetera. But now, now CNN, after he asked for $60 million payout because he wanted a Megyn Kelly type of payout like she got from NBC, he wanted $60 million, the payout of his contract plus – uh, any kind of punitive damages, I guess. Now, all of a sudden, CNN is coming out and saying that back in 2011, he made a pass yeah. at a freelancer. Well, they didn't say and, pass. They, they, they said sexual attack. 
Uh, I mean, give me a break. Like he went out to lunch with somebody in 20. If, if somebody, att- why? I, I, I See, what pisses me off because I'm a female myself. It's like that. It diminishes actual victims. I'm not saying this woman is lying, but if somebody attacked me, it wouldn't take me over, you know, 10 years to say something. No doubt. So I think they're exaggerating I, this. I, I, I think he I, made a pass at her, I maybe. To- I, you I know? totally agree with you. And I said that all along about Andrew. As more and more women came out, it was like, well, he kissed me at a wedding. Well, he touched my shoulder in the office. I'm like, listen, I'm married to a beautiful woman, too. I don't want you touching Danielle. Don't even breathe on her. But the truth is, a lot of those allegations were nonsense. We wanted Andrew Cuomo because he killed 18,000 elderly people. We want Chris Cuomo because he joked around about it on his TV show with his brother. But all these sexual allegations against both of them, the majority of those are ridiculous. And no, and it's making fun of the Me Too movement, which was an actual movement about women and being more empowered and sticking up for themselves. And a lot of women have been sexually harassed. So it's like making a joke out of the movement. It's like what you just played before about Eric Adams talking about racism. There are actual people out there that are racist against black people, but the media isn't one of it, one of them, because the media, if anything, has been treating Eric Adams like he's a god. I know here at WABC Radio, we're calling him the nation's mayor. I uh, have been giving not him. All of- a great a pass. Not all not of us. Not you, not Greg Kelly, right? obviously, yes. <laughs> and, I, and, yeah. and, I'm, and I'm the one who actually dubbed him the nation's mayor. In fact, I said it to John Katsimatidis right before John interviewed Eric on our show, and John made that point to say, hey, Sid called you the nation's mayor. Sid loves you. But I've never given this guy a pass, and what he said yesterday, that was despicable. Stand up for this city, do a better job, and people like me will not be critical, but he's done absolutely nothing, and I'm sick of hearing, give him more time. We don't have time. The city is falling apart. It's almost dead. It it's it's frightening what's happening. I was just reading about this Thai model. She's from Thailand. She was beaten down. She was at Herald Square waiting for the train. And now come to find out her attacker has been arrested in one day alone 19 times. He's 19. 40 years old. 19 times in one day alone. He's been arrested. This guy, uh, Michael Douglas, is it Michael Douglas? It's something. Let me tell you right now what his what his name is. He's 40 years old. He's been arrested over 44 times. His name is Kevin Douglas. And when he beat down this woman, he beat her down really badly in the face. He's punching, punching, punching her in the face, then stole her purse. But he wasn't arrested for beating her up. He was actually arrested later on in the day when he punched (laughs) another woman in the face in Jamaica, Queens. (laughs) So this is so you're going to tell me. That and, and then, of course, Jen Psaki at the White House, she's asked about Asian hate crimes and this and that. And what does she blame? She says it's a Trump administration and the rhetoric. Right. I right. highly doubt this guy, Kevin Douglas, was listening to Trump and got inspired by him to go beat down on Asian Well, people. I'm just curious. It's I, such I, a joke. I haven't seen pictures at all much about Kevin Dog- Douglas. Is he a white supremacist? What do you think? Yeah, of course not. Right. What do you think? What do you think? What do you, I mean, let's, let's, let's you know, uh, we gotta, we gotta speak out the truth. If, if Adams really wants to, he's gotta address what's going on in his own community, in the African American community. What is going on there that there is so much hatred towards the Jews? Lydia, let me explain something. Let me explain something to you. He was the Brooklyn Borough president. 
I have a lot of friends, you know them, you're friendly with them too, that live in Brooklyn. When he was the Brooklyn Borough President, they were still beating the crap out of Jews in Borough Park, all over the place. And by the way, the shootings in some of the worst sections in Brooklyn when he was in charge were over the top. The guy was a bad Borough President, and now because, well, he's got to be the best on that side, he's going to be a good mayor. All this stuff was happening in his own borough when he ran that city. Come on. It's really sad. It's really sad. And the majority of the victims that we're seeing of all of these hate crimes and crimes just in general are people of color, yep. whether they be Asian, whether they be black or Latino. So the very community that these regressives claim to protect with their policies are the ones that are being hurt the most. And it's just really it's yep. so sad and horrific. And it could be fixed. It can be fixed. But here I'm going to stick up for Adams because he can only do so much. You've got the lawmakers in Albany, and ultimately, again, I'm going to reiterate this, it was Andrew Cuomo's fault. That's why I began to loathe Andrew Cuomo, because he's the one who signed off on the bail reform. He's a smart guy. Andrew Cuomo's not an idiot. Have he you, signed off right, on that right, bail right, reform. He's long gone. Have you heard Eric Adams come out and publicly denounce Kathy Hochul, Alvin no. Bragg, Carl Hasty, Andrew Stewart? Have you heard him do that? So it is his fault, because... There's only so much he can do in terms of legislature. That's true. But I tell you what, New Yorkers want blood. That's all we want. If we got a mayor out there who's pissed off, he's had enough. He's sick of these legislators, and he just did that. Didn't change a damn law, but at least acted angry at these lawmakers. People like me would be happier. He hasn't done that. So it is his fault. It is his fault. He's got a job to make people like me think he cares. I'm not going to say it's his fault, but I agree if he came out and was more authoritative and said, enough Stuart Cousins, enough Hasty. Why don't you go live in the projects? Let's see how you feel if somebody attacks your kid, if you got beaten down waiting for the train. All of those things like what you're saying, then it would really, really go a long way. And maybe they would start changing their ways because I'm really sick of it. People like so, AOC so, claiming so, so, so that everybody's shoplifting for bread. So which one is it? Are you? Is it not his fault? I'm telling you, it's his it's fault. It's not his fault that we have a crime wave. Well, it's not it his fault. Well, you, okay, so well, that's true. The crime wave was here before, but what has he done about it? That is his fault. He's done nothing. Nothing. He's trying to be diplomatic about it, but like you said, maybe it's time to take off the the kid gloves. Maybe diplomatic. it's time to take the gloves off. It's time. Diplomatic. Maybe it is. It's time. We we are he's trying. To, that's we, what we, I think we, he's we got, trying to we do. We got a young Chinese lady with forty stab wounds dead in her apartment. We are well past diplomacy. Well, well past that. We don't, we don't want diplomacy. Right. We want action. We want pissed right. off leaders. So it is his fault. But you were great, and I you, love you. And thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. And I'll be on tonight with John Katzmatidis, 5 o'clock, Cats at Night. Great show. You don't want to miss it. We talk about everything going on in the world. We tell you the truth. And you know what's really crazy? John Katzmatidis, he doesn't make, like, predictions. He's not, like, Nostradamus, and he has, like, a crystal ball or anything. But the guy has been right on every single thing from inflation to gas prices to Russia not invading Ukraine. So I highly recommend people listen in to him because he is, I'm not saying this because he's my boss. So everybody calm down that says I'm kissing his butt. The guy is brilliant. Listen to his analysis. Cats at night, five o'clock. You don't want to miss it. I can't disagree with everything you just said. Lydia, great job here with uh, me today. Great job all week, actually. Follow Lydia Sarani on Instagram at Lydia News One. Follow Lydia on Twitter at Lydia News. She really is terrific.
Beatles back in the USSR. So a couple of months ago, Frank Morano says to me, I've got this uh, Russian spy coming into the studio. Mind you, when I think of Russian spy, I'm thinking like uh, Anna Kornikova, blonde, big-breasted, blah, blah, blah. Um, and she's like, she's killed people and all, all this uh, uh, crazy stuff, you know. So then I get an email from Frank yesterday. He goes, the Russian spy is back in town because she's a model now. And this is Fashion Week here in New York. Do you want her in? And I'm like, absolutely. I'm intrigued by this story. Can't wait to meet this lady. I said, uh, yeah, bring her in. So Frank Morano said, you got it. And sure enough, here we are, 840 on this Wednesday morning. Former Russian spy, now turned model, fashion designer, fashion guru, the very lovely Aliyah Rosa in studio. Did I say that correctly? Yes, please. Thank I did you order. so much for having me. Oh, it's, it's great to have you. You've been here before with, uh, with yes, Frank Morano. with Frank. Now, how did you become friends with Frank Morano? Um, actually, he contacted me via email. Oh. I think he read my story ah, gotcha. in the sun. <laughs> it's, uh, it's quite a story. I, uh, <laughs> let, 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 let's start with this, okay? How old are, I don't want to say how old you are now. You look at your, you're 25. But yes. how old were you when you first became a Russian spy? Straight after I turned 18, I was sent to a special military academy where we taught different kind of techniques such as um, shooting from different type of guns, um, psychological tricks, how to seduce and manipulate people in order. So your parents sent you to this place? Yeah. So my father was, um, he's now retired. He had a cancer, unfortunately. He was the military general. Uh Uh-huh. And my grandfather, he was the national hero of the Second War. Wow. Yes. Then all our family is in military. So I couldn't really say no. You it was the only no. one path, you know. Right, right. But, but, but didn't he know he was sending you to a place where they were going to teach you, for example, how to seduce men if, you, in fact, you want the information, if you need to get what you get? That was part of what you learned there, right? Of course. Well, and your father was okay with that, I guess. Well, my father is a real patriot, and he believes that... Um, good for the country. <laughs> go, it's good for the country. Take one That's for the what, country. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, like, he really, really regret that I'm not there anymore, and, I, you know, all this happened, and I'm, I, I live in another country. But, honestly, I love America, and I'm so grateful. Honestly, every single day I wake up, I say, God bless America. I'll yeah, do everything sure. for this country. If sure. tomorrow will be the war, I will be the first one who will stand up, take my gun, and go and fight for this country. I believe that. In fact, uh, <laughs> you can see her on WABCRadio.tv. You can't see her if it's on radio. You're missing out. But if you're watching this on WABCRadio.tv, she's wearing a Ralph Lauren sweater with the American flag. Very, very patriotic. All right, so you I leave am. this school where you learn how to kill people, where you learn how to seduce men and do all this stuff. And as- women, too. And what else? And women, too. And women, too. Oh, you've seduced women, too. Of course. It was part of the technique. No kidding. Yeah. So you've had... Actually, women are much easier targets than men. Yes, they are. No question about that. (laughs) (laughs) So you've had sexual encounters with both men and women. Yes. Oh, my God. Do you prefer one or the other? Yes. You prefer sometimes both. Sometimes you prefer both. Wow. So, and and was this something that that you experienced as a young child or you were taught this? Are you a very sexual person in nature, or you were taught you had to be this way to be good at your job? Well, let's say when I was 18, mm-hmm. I was virgin. You were virgin. And when I started to study all that, yeah. I had to practice with my colleagues and my commanders 
who actually had to have sex with every single student Come in on. order, yes, in order them to pass exams and to see what they've been learning. So me. I was virgin and I was I was raped. I was sexually harassed every single day, and that's what's happening. If you, well, how many different commanders and teachers do you think you had to sleep with during this? Uh, with all of them. How, give me a number. Um, at that um, academy, we had around like ten oh my male <laughs> and uh, three female teachers. That's a lot. Not really, I guess. Uh, not really, according yeah. to the number. Well, then, well, then uh, you actually have instances where you had this type of contact with people when you became a spy. Now, when you left this school and became a spy, do you have to meet with Vladimir Putin, somebody at the Kremlin? How does that work? I met uh, mostly with criminals, criminals because my mission was to stop drug trafficking from Afghanistan. So I would work wow. and I would target that people, that criminal um, who so you're like are... undercover, basically. Yes, wow. I always was undercover and... Um, Sometimes, like, my mission would take, like, uh, a year or, like, a few months in order to find out the right information, yeah. where this, like, you know, drugs been uh, supplied and how did it work. And So did you work with drug dealers? Uh, yes. So, so, like, when I see... I, would, I, I wouldn't work with them. I would work on them on and them. then arrest but, them. But what if you, like, I've seen this in movies, like, like you meet the drug dealer mm-hmm. and the drug dealer goes, I'm not so sure about this girl. So here, I've got a brand new batch of heroin that I'm going to sell on the streets today. But just to prove you're not mm-hmm. a cop or, or somebody who's out to get me, why don't you try some? Did that ever happen to you when you were forced we, we to do ha- drugs? We had a special people who were drug addicted, uh-huh. almost homeless, who were working actually for us, for our department, which we sent as kind of like, you know, those people who would try these drugs. Mm-hmm. And then if, then yes, right, then we would go like with the whole team, like 10 people of the police, um, and we would just like arrest all of them. But, but so you wouldn't do that part. I would. But but if, if I you, would. Oh, you would do that part. I would then. sit in the car waiting for many, many days and sometimes months to Jeez. literally like spy on that criminals in order to get them. Right. And you've said in your story, for example, that criminals better than police in Russia. You, you, you're giggling now, but you, you did mean that. Yes? I do. I, I still do. Honestly, because of like my life experience, I will explain you why. First of all, I've been treated really badly. Second, I was always—I uh, would say so. Yes. <laughs> I was always sexually harassed and raped and uh, abused. And then they send me, like, I'm sorry, like my commander sent me to almost die to die, you know, like fighting with these criminals, where mm. the criminals actually saved my life. And the main cr- criminal, he sacrificed his life. He was brutally murdered just in order to cover me. And he saved my life. So, wow. of course, I'm grateful. Of course. So, how many people, if you had to estimate, I know this is a question you don't like, and you may not even answer it. How many people <laughs> do you think you've, you've, you've killed people? Yes or no? No number. <laughs> don't give me a number. But you've killed at least one person. Yes. Sid, if I will tell you about this, I have to kill you too. Sorry. <laughs> All right, let's move to the next question. Let's move over. Let, let's delete that one from the. Uh, from <laughs> let's the file. delete this one. Yeah, right, let, let's yeah. <laughs> we're just live, but nobody heard about it. <laughs> Sorry, guys. So, how do you get out of this? Like, you know, I see like the the, the folks who like uh, work for the mob, for example. Mm-hmm. They decide one day I've had enough. I want to have a real life. I want to have a wife and children. I've had enough. They can never get out of it. How do you get out of a job like this? If you're smart enough and you know the system, you can really do this. So I felt like I'm in that box, in that matrix, like in a trap. I cannot do anything, but I felt that. 
But I changed my name a few times, and I literally just like quit, and I I left. I just, just I just fled the, the country. Yes, yeah. I never never came back. Never, never came back. But but never. Sweetheart, I, you're all over Instagram. You're a fashion model. Yes, I know. <laughs> so it's not. It's not. You're like it's like Henry Hill. He used to call the Howard Stern show. If you're hiding out, you're not doing a very good job of hiding. You don't care at this point. You think you're you're safe now. I do. Yes, I do. Say, I do feel safe now because I'm in America and this is my home and. You know, they give me everything. Mm. I I love this country. I lived in Switzerland, France, United Kingdom, Italy, and I've never been um, so feeling so secure. Really? I feel yes. Even with Joe I, Biden as president, have you ever seen somebody <laughs> with less leadership ability? I mean, you were there for Putin. That guy, he's a murderer, but he's a tough son of a bitch. This guy Biden, this is uh, this is rough. No, see, I don't speak about politics. Oh, you don't? No, really? No. Okay. Because I um, strongly believe that um, yeah. I'm for the peace in the whole world. Yes, I want to like protect people, right. and I did <laughs> yeah. it before, uh, uh, right? Uh, <laughs> well, how, on. how do you ever trust men again? That, that's a serious I don't trust. Point. You don't trust men. I love them. You love them. I love every single man. You love every single man. Yes. Well, that's that's crazy. I mean, you have, you've I had men do horrible yes. things to you, horrible, horrible things to you. How do you trust? Them? Are you married now? No. You have a significant other. I have different admirers in my life. You have different people. Well, it's not like different people. Different. Yeah. You have a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> we do have a lot of people around us, no? No, but I mean, is there somebody that's waiting for you at home when you come home at night? Or not? No. Right, okay. Hope I you're prefer not with a gun, to be by, by myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the gun is with me. <laughs> so, and my pillow. Do, do you carry a gun every day? Do you? No, I no, don't. You don't. Okay. But you're licensed to carry a gun, obviously. I, I can, but yeah. are you... I was thinking about it, but yeah, not you, yet. You moved away from all of that. Now I moved away, but yeah. and you know, like the point is that I feel now that I really want to help yeah. and give back what I've studied and what I learned. And I was thinking, and I actually spoke with a publicist just a few days ago here in New York, mm-hmm. one big publishing house, about uh, writing the book and about sharing my secrets. Ah. How about I'm sharing secrets which I learned over there, overseas, in the most communist country in the world. Love it. Love it. Yeah. About... I, I, my book just came out yesterday. Bravo. Thank you. I'd love to read it. Uh, I'll give you a copy. But I'm oh, good thanks. friends with the folks over at Simon & Schuster and Post Hill Press. Maybe I can make something happen for you. Amazing. I mean, you're going to be, you. you have to be very honest in the book. You have to talk about all these things. And uh, do you think uh, on the way out that Russia will invade Ukraine. Not political question, just a general question. I, well, I don't know because nobody knows, but I strongly believe that President of Russia is a very clever man, and mm-hmm. I don't think he yeah. will allow to okay. happen this. Do you think Do- did Donald Trump have a relationship with Putin that was above and beyond? That, what do you know of? Well, they tell it in press, but you know how press is, right? Right. So They lied. They always lie. Did you have sex with Vladimir Putin? No. Do you want to? Who doesn't want to sleep with President Putin? I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm right with you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Where can people follow you and find out more about you? Thank you so much, Sid. Where really? could they? What's your Instagram um, account? Or yeah, my Instagram account is same, but you can find me Rosa uh, Spy. So it's much easier. But my name is Alia with double I. Alia Rosa. So. You were yeah. great. You were great. Thank you so it's much, a, Steve. Come back again, okay? Of course I will. All right. That's the lovely Aliyah Rosa. Still more to come, including Dee Schneider from Twisted Sister and FDNY Commissioner Daniel Nigro retiring today. He's going to join us, too. Keep it right here. Bernie and Sid. Ow!
WABCradio.tv. This is why it is imperative to watch this radio show, Bernie and Sid, on TV every morning. WABCradio.tv. Bernard out today. He'll be back on Monday. But uh, reasons like that last interview, you have to watch the show. Now, if you missed it because you're in your car, you got the radio on, you can go to my Instagram page right now at Rosenberg.Sydney, at Rosenberg.Sydney, and see Aliza Rosa. Who just spent about Aaliyah. fifteen? Aliyah, excuse me, thank you. Just spent about fifteen minutes going over stories of espionage, murder. Handling legal matters is stressful. So, let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno He's your numero uno. And sex with both men and women. And uh, I got to tell you, a lot of folks sending me texts like, I couldn't get out of the car. I couldn't go into my office. Best interview I've ever heard. Even Gabby Lopez, who mans the controls. WABCradio.tv said, best interview she's heard since she's worked here at WABC. So what a uh, what a great job. A very honest young lady. And... Um, She's going to get us all killed. That's the bottom line. So, Well, definitely you. I couldn't wait for her to leave. I mean, she's beautiful, and she's a great interview, but you never know. Right? I mean, it could be a short blast of gunfire. Next thing you know, Frankie Diaz is dead. I know. You were, uh, you were really on the tightrope there. I was. Well, you know, she kind of threw me off when because uh, I knew that she, she had sex with other people. She actually fell in love with one of the guys she was spying on. I didn't get to that part. But I, I had no idea she had to bang every teacher in school, and then, and then of course, she... And then if she was sleeping with women, too, and, and actually enjoys it. Right. I think your head actually exploded. Shut up. So did yours. I got to do the interview. You're sitting there, you know, half naked. Half naked? In the studio, yeah. Pants down, the whole thing. That's what you wanted to see. I have to do the interview. Right. So, yes, I was a little flustered from one side. No, you were very Not well, easy to fluster. Very well composed. <laughs> Thank you very much. The, um, this, um, this guy, D. Snyder, you know, I love this guy. He was part of Twisted Sister. Still is, I guess. But this guy has been in movies and then he hosted a, a morning show, I think, in Connecticut many years ago. And he used to come on my show in Miami and here in New York and boast that he would kick Howard Stern's ass. His ratings were great in Connecticut. That was his whole uh, thing, you know. But uh, he's a great rock and roll guy. Great rock and roll guy. And uh, there's a new documentary coming out. You guys wouldn't remember this. You're, much too, young. You're too young. But uh, it's, uh, it's about the tragic fire at the Great White Concert Inside Station. A station nightclub, sorry, the Great White Concert inside the station nightclub back on Feb 20, 2003. The fire left 100 people dead, more than 200 injured, and devastated the tight-knit community of West Warwick, Rhode Island. Now, questions about the true responsibility for the tragedy remain unanswered for years to come. The documentary premieres this Sunday at 8 p.m. on Reels. And Dee Snyder, who once played the station nightclub, was instrumental in bringing together fellow recording artists for a fundraising concert for survivors 
and victims' families. In fact, he contributed the song Stand to the documentary, which you can find on his 2021 album Leave a Scar, available right now on Amazon and iTunes. So he will join us, and we'll get back into um, into regular talk. I mean, that was just, I don't know how you do that. I mean, I don't know, your mind's blown. I wouldn't it's use that terminology. I would, I would. Phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a phenomenal story. It is a, an unbelievable story. You know, you don't think it would be exactly like the movies, but it kind of sounds like it is. It's even, uh, I would say it's even more eye-dropping, uh, jaw-dropping, excuse me, jaw-dropping than the movies, even more. Yeah, I'd, I'd be inclined to agree with you. I sat there the whole time, my mouth open, like, what? My father sent me to this school where they knew, where he knew I should say, they were going to teach me how to murder people and seduce men and women. I mean, I am scared to death for Ava to go to college. Scared to death. And she's going to learn, like, English. <laughs> you know, She's going to learn literature. I think they're a little bit more proper in uh, London town. Well, I just think these, uh, you know, that's how they are, you know, when it comes to uh, the daughters and stuff. And like she said, I, I did for what I had to do for my country. <laughs> I mean, can't make it up. No, it's more remarkable how you get out of it. I don't, I don't know how you do well, that. Well, I did ask her that, too. No, I know. I mean, I asked her all the pertinent questions. It doesn't seem, like, impossible to get out of it. And she made it sound like it was very easy. You just don't tell Daddy. Uh, right. And then I'm just going to leave the country, come here. But then you would think, like I said, you'd kind of just kind of disappear. But she's on Instagram. She's uh, doing uh, fashion shows. She's a model. So she's not, uh, like, I, I, I use the example of Henry Hill again. You know, he was in witness protection calling it to Howard Stern. What are you doing? You know, even, uh, what's his name now? Uh, Sammy Gavano, the bull. He does that terrible show on uh, MTV on after the uh, the Jersey Shore kids, you know. They're not kids anymore, but, you know, he's he's on a television show. I mean, is everybody dead that wants Sammy Gavano dead? Maybe that's the case. I don't know. Uh, maybe at this point, it, that's probably a realistic assumption. You think so? Yeah. Okay, so Henry Hill was able to call Howard Stern, and no one killed him. And Sammy Gavano does a show on MTV, and no one's killed him. And uh, this beautiful young Russian super spy is now modeling and living a life out in Los Angeles, and nobody's killed her. Thank God for that. Good for her. Yeah. Bring her back tomorrow. All right. Bring her back every day, in fact. You want to talk to the great D. Snyder? Yes. All right. Well, he's there. Oh, is he really? D, uh, I hope D remembers me. He's been out with me a million times, Miami, New York. And uh, here he is again with this documentary coming out on Reels. It's coming out this Sunday. The great D. Snyder, Twisted Sister. Good morning, D. How are you? I'm doing great, guys. And yes, I remember you. Is this Bernie or Sid? Which one? Are we the, uh, th- this right is now? Sid. Bernie's uh, not feeling well. He's out today. But you are specifically with me. Sid, uh, you went on my Miami show quite a bit, and even my early career in New York. And at the time, D, you were a radio host because you've done you know, you've done acting. You're a great singer, and you're on in Connecticut. And you would come on with me and boast how you were kicking Howard Stern's ass. Remember those days? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, let's, let, let me be let me, get, holding a twelve against Howard's eighteen. That's equivalent. Of, that's kicking ass. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> No, you you did a great job. They loved you when you did a terrific show. And listen, I, I've said this about you for a long time. You do a lot of things really well, whether it's music, uh, you're acting, you're in a couple of really, really good movies. You hosted a morning show like I'm doing here. 
So, D. Snyder, you're a man of uh, very, very many talents. Hey, let's not forget Broadway, Sid. Let's not forget about That's right. Broadway. That's right. Oh, you know what's funny about that? Now that you mention that, D, you were in studio with me and Bernie at the old address by Madison Square Garden a couple of years ago when you were doing the Broadway show, yes? Probably. That's, you know, I was, uh, I was promoting that at that time, yeah. Yeah, man, you know, thank you for appreciating all that stuff that I, that I do, you know. Um, it's funny because I'll still run into people from time to Oh, we lost you there for one second, but I do appreciate all that you do. D, tell us, uh, I'm familiar, of course, with the, with the big fire back at the Station Nightclub back in 2003 in Rhode Island. 100 people were killed, 200 injured. Uh, still a, uh, a brutal day for folks that remember, even 19 years later. And I know you got this big documentary coming up Sunday after you personally put together that concert and raised a, a ton of money. The new song, Stand, came out in 2021, which you did, which was great. Tell us about that night and why 19 years later it's still so important. Yeah, and, and the Stand video is coming out tomorrow dedicated to the, to the people, survivors, and the people we lost. But you know what? 19 years later, um, people's memories fade, and we can't. Oh, we lost him again. It's kind of in and out here, uh, D. Schneider. He did give us a disclaimer that his phone was a little spotty. Yeah. So. Well, that's uh, being uh, uh, being generous. <laughs> <laughs> phone sucks. D, come on, man. You're a TV actor, a movie actor, or a talk show host, a rock and roll superstar, Hall of Famer. You got to get a phone at work. Where is he right now? Is that him now? Do you there? We're going to have to call it quits. I can't keep doing this. Uh, I do want to help him. I am going to watch the documentary coming up on Sunday night. But he's uh, – grab some of these phone calls, Luke. Just in case these folks want to talk about the Russian spy. I'm sure they do. My phone is still blowing up. I'm not even kidding you. My phone is still blowing up. I'm not going to get over it anytime soon. Maybe never, right? It was phenomenal content. I mean, Ron and Santa was great this morning. Congressman Peter King was great this morning. I'm really honored to talk to FDNY Commissioner Daniel Nigro coming up in about 10 minutes. He's set to retire today. All these guys are great, really great, but uh, I don't believe that um, any one of those three men in particular are ready, willing, and able to admit to um, bisexual sex in order to protect civilians in their country. Well, they're going to have to if they want to be the highlight of the day. Is that right? Yeah. No, the highlight of the day is Bo Snurdly automatically. <laughs> Whether he talks about dark matter or Joe Biden or it doesn't matter, he, he gets it. Right. How does he get that every day? Who does he, who'd he pay? Somebody, clearly. <laughs> Click a Libertini. He's in Libertini's pocket, yeah. <laughs> I mean, every day. Every day. It's unbelievable. It's, it's out of control. You know, we'll break early, and we'll do a lot of phone calls. We'll play Beat Sid. We'll talk to Daniel Nigro. 1-800-848-WABC. As always, that's the number, 1-800-848-9222. Again, FDNY Commissioner Daniel Nigro on his last day. Phone calls, Beat Sid, all that good stuff. Here, the last hour of the Wednesday edition of Bernie and Sid. I know I got a bad reputation, and it isn't just talk, talk, talk. If I could only give you everything you know I haven't got.
All right, let's continue this uh, barrage of great guests. Been a terrific show today from Ron and Sana, CNBC, back at 645. The Congressman Peter King at 740. To, of course, the Russian spy, <laughs> Aliyah Rosa. That was just an unbelievable conversation. But this last guest of the day is a man, and Joe Esposito, former chief of police, who's a great, great man, just texted me, to give Daniel his regards. This is a man that has dedicated his life the service in this city, the fire department dating well before 9-11 to 9-11 to the last many years as the commissioner of the fire department. Today, he is retiring a hero, and it's very, very nice of uh, Daniel. we become friends recently to uh, hop on on this really important day for a couple of minutes with me. I really appreciate it. So with that said, FDNY Commissioner Daniel Nigro, let me speak on behalf of all of us here in New York and say... Thank you. Well, thank you, Sid. Thanks for the opportunity to be on with you. And I, uh, good company today. (laughs) I don't know if you heard the Russian spy, but, uh, that was, that was something else. (laughs) That That was quite interesting. Okay. (laughs) It was amazing. But, but you, on a serious note, you've been great to this city for a very, very long time. So for folks, that know you're retiring today, but don't really know how you got to the upper, 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 to the FDNY commissioner. Give us a Monarch Note version of your stay at the fire department to get where you ended up today. A quick synopsis. Uh, Go back 53 years, 1969. I started as a young probationary firefighter and uh, worked my way up following in my father's footsteps. He was a captain and Lo and behold, on 9-11, I was chief of operations, and my dear friend Pete Gancy was killed. Yeah. And I was uh, uh, I became chief of department and had the honor of leading the, the men and women of the fire department uh, in that period after 9-11. And was lucky enough to be called back eight years ago by Mayor de Blasio, and have enjoyed these uh, past eight years once again leading the brave men and women of the New York City Fire Department. Yeah, we just had a conversation, Daniel, on this show just a couple of weeks ago during that awful Bronx building fire, talking about the uh, the heaters and some of the things that went wrong on that day. We've seen a couple of events the last couple of weeks where there have been some uh, deadly fires here in uh, in our five boroughs. Um, i got to tell you, Daniel, I'm always amazed by the courage of how men and women, you guys, run into burning buildings to save lives. I, I don't know how you prepare for something like that, but the courage is just astounding to me. Well, it's a tradition that goes back to 156 years. The fire department was established uh, right after the Civil War in New York. And um, bravery has been at the forefront. That's the, ma- the members earned the title, the bravest. Uh, we added uh, 25 years ago, our EMS brothers and sisters, they're the best. And between the bravest and the best, we've saved more lives uh, in our city than I can count. You know, over the years, Daniel, and maybe I'm wrong about this, but there seemed to be this sibling rivalry for a long time. You guys even play a really physical football game between the cops and the firemen. And I've been told, at least, that recently, the last couple of years, that's kind of quelled just a bit, that you guys don't like uh, the criticism that cops receive on a daily basis, and some of that Hatfield versus McCoy stuff has actually gone away. What What is the true relationship as you get ready to leave today between the FDNY and the NYPD? I think other than uh, on the football field or on the <laughs> ice at our annual <laughs> hockey game, right. 
um, we realize that we're brothers and sisters here in the city, and we the mission of the fire department and the police department is to to serve the the people of our city and to save lives, and that's what we do. So um, there's none of that when it comes to work. The only competition between us is uh, at sports. That's it. That's per- those are great games too. Both of those games, the hockey game and a Boomer and is uh, one of the guys involved in that, and the football game. I'll ask you this. It's a 50-plus-year career, Daniel, which, again, uh, 9-11, you had to step in when Gancy, God rest his soul, died. You're the commissioner now for the last six or seven years. So it's a long career. Do you remember the very first time, Daniel, where you were, what borough, what place, the first time you went into a burning building? Well, luckily, I I got that under my belt early. The first night I worked in Midtown Manhattan, I was assigned to Engine 21 on East 40th Street. We had a tenement fire around the corner, and uh, I was part of a team that uh, put that fire out. Wow. And uh, some people wait for their first fire, and I I got it right away. And um, it's it's a great job. Our members enjoy it. They call it the greatest job on earth, and I can't disagree. You know, it's funny you say my first fire. Like, you listen to these kids, for example, Daniel, who sign up for the service, right? And all they want to do is go fight. You know, the other stuff they don't care about. They just want to go fight. Are you guys the same way? Like, all you want to do is is, is be in a fire? Well, what other people call a bad fire, our members call a good fire. So, um, you know, wow. we certainly care about the folks that that are put out of, of their homes and, and no one wants to see a fire, but our members join, join the fire department to help others to uh, whether it's medical calls or fires, they want to be active is what they want to do. Um, it's not, it's, it's not a career for someone that wants to just, just sit around and uh, wait for nothing to happen. We want to be active all the time and the more active they are, the happier they are. Wow. Bodito sends his best to FDNY Commissioner Daniel Nigro. Two quick ones to let you run. First of all, are you involved in the process of bringing in the man or woman to replace you? I am not. You know, the uh, my first deputy, Laura Cavanaugh, will step in tomorrow as commissioner, and she's uh, uh, very talented. She's been with us for the past eight years. She loves the department, and she'll do a good job. And we'll see who Mayor Adams picks as a permanent fire commissioner. All the men that are in their car right now, and they, a lot listen to me. I'll never forget that Jim Basel golf tournament this summer, Daniel, where you guys showed up big for that 9-11 event. And all of your men came up to me and said, we listen every day in Rodriguez and Niagara. Uh, for all the men in their cars listening right now, what is your message to them as you're set to retire today? Well, I've been I've been proud to be the leader of this department, uh, both after 9-11 and especially these past two years through the pandemic. And I, I wish them the best health, happiness. Uh, I'll miss every single day of my career in the fire department, but I have many great memories. Thank you all for what you do. Wow. You are such a great guy, I tell you. Uh, courage, uh, brave, uh, dedicated your life to this city for the better part of five decades. And having the opportunity now to meet you and come on my show quite a bit lately, I love you. So uh, I, me and Bernie, we both want to thank you. Both of us, he's not here today. We both want to thank you for your uh, for your civic duty and for being the man that you are. Now go enjoy your life and uh, and have some fun, okay, Daniel? Likewise, Sid. You guys are great. And please, regards to Bernie. I wish him well. We think about him and uh, members of the department are praying for him.
I will tell him that, and I have to tell you, that's going to mean a lot to him today, especially with you set to retire. So I'll pass that along, and God bless you, pal. We love you. Thank you. Thanks, Sid. Bye-bye. Take care. Daniel Nigro, last day on the job, FDNY commissioner, now go looking at uh, over 50 years and uh, for the last seven or eight years as the commissioner of the FDNY. And what a cool thing that he, have to, he actually hopped on with us today on his last day. Thank you, Daniel Nigro. Now it's time to beat Bernie. It's time to beat Bernie. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. You think you can beat Bernie? Good luck. It's time to beat Bernie. It is time to beat Bernie. Yeah. Hey, now. It's what? Whoa. It's time to beat uh, Sid, actually. Sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Check them out at peerlessboilers and paviliontankless.com for a dealer near you. Peerless Boilers, America's best built boilers. Today, who do we have? We've got Harrison in Hewlett, Hewlett, New York. What's going on, Harrison? How you doing? Happy Wednesday, buddy. Same to you, yes. Happy hump day. Just at work. Hoping to win this time against Sid? Yes, yes, and you should have an easier time against Sid than, than you would against um, Bernie. Sid's probably a notch okay. below in terms of IQ. So, um, yeah, you should be all right. Well, we'll, we'll see. Uh, what do you do, Harrison, for a living? I work at Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Oh, okay, we see their commercials all the time. Um, yes. What exactly do you do for them? You test, you test the cars out, get, take them all for joy rides? I prep the cars for the customers. Oh. So that's I been, deal with the customers so, all day. Yeah. So so that is what you do. You're just taking out the cars, making making sure they run right. Exactly. I get to drive all different cars all day, yeah. Oh wow, that sounds like fun actually. So um Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Cool. I'll send you my resume, no? Yeah, sure. Send it over. <laughs> Are you ready to get into the game? Let's do it. Alright, let's do it, Harrison. Alright, you ready for number one, step by step. I'll Be Loving You and Summertime are all hits by what 90s boy band? Ooh. I'm just going to guess uh, Boys to Men. Wrong, you two-legged bag of Anthrax. New Kids on the Block would be the correct oh. answer. It's a tough one, though. I didn't listen to much uh, New Kids yeah. on the Block. You know, I mean, most of the boy bands from the 90s had an acronym, you know? You yes, know. exactly. And, uh... This is just too long of a name for me, so yeah, uh, not not up my alley. All right, number two, you ready? Ready. What Giants wide receiver recorded zero touchdowns this season in the first year of his brand new four-year, seventy-two million dollar contract with New York? Ooh, I am not sure on that one. I'm drawing a blank. Give me a guess. I'll give you a hint. His name rhymes with rhymes with holiday. Oh, still nothing, huh? Uh, yeah, uh, I'm a Jets fan. I'm drawing a blank. Uh, I should know this. You got a guess for me or no? No. All right. Wrong. You two legged back Alrighty, over two to start. Let's see if we can get on track here with the correct answer on yep. number three. What single-digit number is retired twice by the New York Yankees? Number one. 
Oof. Wrong, you two-legged uh, back of Anthrax. Number eight, Bill Dickey oh, and oh, Yogi Berra. Berra. You, yeah. Oh. Well, you were you were in the right area. You you did guess a single-digit yeah. number, which wasn't bad. No. But um, you were about uh, you were about seven removed. Anyway, on to number yeah. four. Let's see if we can get uh, these. Let's see, let's see. Hey, you're all right. You're all right. Don't get discouraged here, Harrison. If you get discouraged, you already lost right. the game. So we got to be posi- positive, you know, right. positive thinkers, and then maybe we can rebound here yeah. and get the last two right. You know what I'm saying? Here we go. When you're done here with here, when you're done here, when you're done with Harrison, you should become a life coach here, Justin. Well, uh, yeah, I'm very good. Plenty at, of sound advice out of you. I'm very good at lifting. Yeah. Very good at lifting spirits. All right, here we go. Number four. All right. What show was Seth Meyers a part of before becoming host of Late Night? Oh, Seth Meyers. Oh. I'm, dr- oh, I'm drawing a blank again. Wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> it airs on Saturday night. Ooh, Saturday Night Live. Very good, right. young one. Very All good. Right. All right. Now we're on, now we're back on track a little bit. A little one for four action. Let's okay. see if we can get the last one right, right as well. Are right, you okay, ready to go? We... You ready to close it out yeah. with uh, with the right answer on number five? Let's do it. All right. What pitcher was on the mound for the last recorded perfect game in the MLB? Last perfect game. Oh, that would be uh, David Cohn. Wrong, you two-legged back of Felix Hernandez. King Felix would be the oh, correct no. answer. Oh, yeah, the great, the great Seattle oh, Mariner. Yes. Uh, well, hey, listen, Harrison, it could have been worse. It couldn't have been much worse, but it could have been, it could have been worse. That is true. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. uh, but listen, I mean, it's a, it's a tough game today. We'll see if Sydney fares better. Yeah. Uh, you still got a shot. You still got a shot. <laughs> so let me throw you on hold. The big man's back. What's going on there, Slick? I'm just reading all the um, responses on the Russian spy, which is overwhelmingly positive and nice. Right. One moron goes, "What were you trying to enter your?" Uh, channel your inner Howard Stern. Not for me. I shut it off. Well, then you're a moron. What do I care? Please. Why would you ever want to? Out of all the great yep. feedback you got on the interview, yeah. Why, yeah. why why are you harping on the one Because I'm always comment? amazed at how stupid people are. Like, why would you ever want to channel the greatest talk show host of all time? Or yeah. why would you want to be like Jerry Rice if you're a wide receiver? Why would you want to be like Tom Brady if you're a quarterback? Why would you want that? Let's just go after mediocre folks. Meanwhile, this whoever this person is is sitting behind their keyboard currently picking their jaw up off the floor yeah. because that was such a phenomenal interview. They are? Yeah. They're lying. All right, you want to you play the game? She just wrote, uh, the Russian spy, you're very handsome, smart, and funny. Oh. You made me laugh a lot. You're a great interviewer. You sure she's talking about you? Hey, now. I swear to God. Oh. Great interviewer. I got about a million of those. But not that lady. That lady was no good, no good. I mean, you know, we want to hear you and Bernie talk to, um, you know, right. some politician for the 95th time. You think she's got a crush on you? Of course she does. Uh-huh. She's only human, bro. <laughs> All right, you feeling smart today? Not really. All right, yeah. I have gas. Oh. I had a uh, one of those uh, breakfast uh, bars. Yeah. Making you fart? I farted once. Oh, in your soup? Didn't smell, though. Oh. Not, not my soup, no. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let's go. All right. Of course right. I didn't. I don't do stuff like that. You of do that. Not. You're nasty. I'm disgusting. Yeah. I'm a vile human being. Yes, okay, you, you want to play the game? Let's go. Okay, number one. Step by step. I'll be loving you, and summertime are all hits by what '90s boy band? Oh man, I used to know this. Yeah, you did. Uh, step by step. 
Uh, which film? Uh, Instinct. Wrong, you two-legged uh, back. No, it's, it's 90 degrees or something. Or no. Wrong. No, no, no. Boys to men. No. 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 You know, you probably you could have gotten the answer right if you weren't texting. Well, I know, but so what's the answer? New Kids on the Block. Oh, son of a gun. Yeah. Forgot about them. Did you? No. Okay. Number two. You better get this one. Uh-huh. What Giants wide receiver recorded zero touchdowns this season in the first year of his brand new four years? Kenny 70- Galladay. Hey! Well. All right, you already tied Harrison. Okay. He only got one right. Well. So uh, you're tied. You need one more to win the game. So is Matt Harvey actually doing cocaine in the in the uh, dugout for, when he was on the Mets? Uh, apparently he was. That's what oh we're my hearing. God. I mean, not, not confirmed that he was in the dugout. I don't even think Strawberry and Gooden did that. Not confirmed that he was doing it in the dugout, but it is confirmed that he was doing. Oh, maybe in the locker room. Cocaina. <laughs> oh, cocaina. cocaina. <laughs> exactly. Matt cocaina. Harvey. That's how you go from being the starting pitcher in the All Star game and a World Series hero. To breaking furniture in New York City bars at 3 o'clock in the morning and giving up eight hits in the first inning. Right. That game where he had the bloody nose is now a lot less impressive. Uh, you know what I'm saying, bro? I guess now we know why he was such a dog in yeah. 2015. You know what I'm saying? All right. What's the third question? I'm sorry. I okay, yeah. Up. We got a little sidetrack there. What single-digit number is retired twice by the New York Yankees? Six. Wrong. You two-legged bag of anthrax. Three. 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 Babe Ruth and... No, uh, no, no. Stop it. That's what I'm saying. Two. Derek Jeter no, and... St- no, stop, no, it. No. stop it. Stop it. One. Stop it. Okay, move on. Eight. Yogi Berra and um, oh, the, the other, Elston Howard. No. Yogi Berra and um, Kevin Moss. No. Hansley Mullins. Mookie, Mookie Wilson? <laughs> Who was it? Who was the other one? <laughs> Bill Dickey. Oh, Bill Dickey, sure. Okay, yeah. number four. Yeah. What show was Seth Meyers a part of before becoming host of Late Night? Very easy. Community. <sighs> Wrong, you two-legged back of anthrax. Should be Jesus. You need one more to win the game. <laughs> I don't. I hate Seth Meyers. Like I hate him. He's he's a crappy liberal comedian, and his talk show is the absolute worst. I can't believe you're going to. He makes that fat kid. Uh, what's the fat kid's name? James From, Corden. Yes, he <laughs> makes that kid seem like Rodney Dangerfield. He does look like Joe McHale, though, so I can see where you're coming. Oh, from I saw Joe McHale on TV a couple of nights ago. I loved it. Where? Oh, he was on the commercial, at the Super Bowl. Oh, oh my yeah, God! Oh my God! Nobody, no. nobody cares. Okay, fine, fine. Let's go. Number five. What pitcher was on the mound for the last recorded perfect game in Major League Baseball? Oh God, I have no idea. No idea. You have no idea. Not even a, Adam Wainwright. Wrong. You two legged back of anthrax should be Jesus. You know, we try to make these games easier for No, you. these games are impossible. They're Who would know the impossible. last po- Who threw a perfect game last year? Who even remembers? Baseball's on last strike. year. It was Felix Hernandez. Was, uh, I think it was his last season with the Mariners, right? It was. Yeah. How many years ago was that? No more than three. Oh, you got to be kidding me. You're going to ask somebody about a pitcher who threw a perfect game in Seattle three years ago? All I, right. I, uh, I, so did made, I win? No, you didn't win. You tied. You both went one for five. Man, he sucks, and I suck. In an so. abysmal showing from the both of you. So I, I guess uh, you know you two people can put your both, both, up. both your brains together and maybe maybe make a full brain. Hey, uh, are you in Hewlett Harbor or just Hewlett, New York, Harrison? Which part there? Right outside of the harbor. Yeah, my my cousins yeah. are the Robins, Normie, Iris, Michael, and John. Grew up there, so when I was a kid, I'd go visit them in Hewlett Harbor all the time. Very very richy, very fancy. Part of the Five Towns, yeah. of course. So. Very nice yes, out there. The high school actually is in the harbor, so the uh, field, the football field, overlooks the harbor. Right, 
Right. It's a lovely area. You sound like a very, very nice guy. I appreciate you playing the game today. I wish I was better competition, but I'm not that smart. i got to be honest. I'm entertaining in Cuba, not that smart. I still love you. I listen every day. Uh, I love you, too, Harrison. Thank you. Uh, thank you. What a nice guy. Harrison in Hewlett, New York. That was fun. Okay, 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. Let's come back, close it out on the phones. This Wednesday edition, it's been a great one, of Bernie and Sid. Beat Bernie, sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC. In from the cold, Netflix says it sounds a lot like uh, Alia Rosa's story. So one person who said, uh, said you channeled your inner Howard Stern in that interview, uh, now saying, I don't believe the story. I don't care. <laughs> I believed it. There's no way that she made up all that. I mean, she was, And she was too quick on her responses, too. This idiot can Google it. It's all over the Internet. It's all true. It's, of course it's all true. Yeah. Are you going to risk your life to lie? <laughs> okay, what you, you get all upset. I'm all worked up. All right, calm down. She liked you very much, just so you know. Oh, did she? Not really, no. Daniel Nigro was amazing today. Congratulations on his retirement. The FDNY commissioner over five decades serving the fire department. Congratulations to Daniel. Peter King, great today. Ron and Santa, great today as well. Right now, Rob Shooter, the naughty gossip columnist, and Bill O'Reilly, Tomorrow, talking about Bill O'Reilly, if you're going to tonight's Knicks-Nets game at Madison Square Garden, feel free to walk over and say hello. I'll be there courtside with the aforementioned Bill O'Reilly. He invited me. A little dinner and a Nick net game in midtown Manhattan later on tonight. Great job, as always, Justin Ellick. Top of your game. Same for you, Luke Lograno. Uh, thank you to Jacqueline Call. Very good job today. Deb Valentine. Frankie Diaz with an E and the whole crew. I'm out of here. Back again tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. for Bernie who loves you all, he really loves you, and for me. Until tomorrow at 6, everybody, 